When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean. What is up? What is up, my friends? Happy Monday. Welcome in Sports Take, March 6th, 2023. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks. Mm. Fellas, what's going on? How was our weekend? Anybody what up? What up? <laughs> Derek? It was okay. great. <laughs> I am still suffering um, the effects of babysitting militant midgets. Um, my six-month-old grandson had me up. This morning, 115, 240, 335, 450, 515, and 645. Oh my god, yeah, wow, until he finally went to sleep. Days, bro. I don't um, miss those days about being a grandparent. I don't miss those days. I'm about to go through it in a minute. I mean, I understand that. Um, my daughter's uh expecting in, in July, so I figure I better get all the fun I can out. Until July, well, August, August. Yeah, you got a little. Well, let's see. You got August. Yeah, yeah, wait, wait. Yeah, Rob, how many days exactly is it? That would be five months. I don't know the date. <laughs> when she, what's the due date? I'll I'll do it real fast. I'll do the fast. Uh, you know, I don't even know where. Do I think it's around the seventeenth or eighteenth or something like that of August or or July. 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 Okay. Well, you have you have a tap Tony. Hold on, tap Tony. Four months. Yeah, there he goes. There's I'll see you all Wednesday, baby. Wednesday. Yeah, Barrett going uh, on a fishing expedition uh, yes. on Thursday and Friday. Uh, yes, so yes, out, yes. out in the uh, South Beach area. So it's keys. We I got keys. keys. Look at you. Now I understand that uh, congratulations are in order for one of the three of us, and it's not Barrett and it's not me. That would be D Gun. Is uh, that correct? What, what a big day today. That is, that is correct, sir. Anniversary today. 
Wow, what is it? It's, it's our special day. Do you I'll know even accept that today? Day? What day? How met what are we up to here? How many how many candles are on that cake? Well, <laughs> since, you, since, you're, since you're such a number guy, March 6th, 1982 was the day well, that I jumped out the of holy matrimony. Wow, I don't know if I was born, man. Four one, the big four mm -hmm. one. Okay. Oh, we have I, was lived, born, uh, I was born. Yeah, we live, we have lived coast to coast. Three kids, four grandkids, and counting. So nice. I see her. Thank I, you I everybody see, in the chat. Appreciate you. I see awesome. her wings foiling in the back over there. Hey, I'm gonna tell, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you that, that woman, that woman is a saint. She has not only put up with me, she has followed me from California to Pennsylvania. And then some, she has blessed me with three children. And now my children are blessing me. And, you know, it's funny. Just for, thank you, everybody. I appreciate it. Um, on a real serious note, and you guys know this, in, in, in our business, you know, um, divorce rate is very high because we move around. Most of well, you, Rob, you never had to. But mm -hmm. because we move around so much trying to get better jobs. And, you know, I know a lot of good friends that have marriages have uh, basically unraveled because, one spouse didn't want to move. They've established themselves somewhere. The other spouse goes for a better job. And then, you know, children, about, she's been the trooper for a long time. You know, we dated off and off for four years before we uh, tied the knot. Still standing. And, and, and Love still, it, man. Yeah, you, yeah. You, gotta, you must have slipped her a Mickey. What is that? <laughs> 40, 41 years worth of Mickeys? <laughs> she saw the potential, Barrett. She will tell you she saw the potential and. She's still waiting for me to grow up, but um, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. I've, no, I've that, conceded a lot of I don't things, think she's but... waiting for that anymore. I think she knows that's yeah. not happening. Bro, bro, real, realistically, bro, you know, all jokes aside and everything, man, you, you set a great example, bro. A great yeah, absolutely. Example, bro. No question. I, think, no. I appreciate you, you both. Yes. Uh, it's I awesome. Both, happy, happy anniversary, Trisha. Now, now, now back, to, back to what we do. Hey, Mom. Now Hi, Mama Brooks. I'm Mama Brooks. What's up, everybody in the chat section? We see everybody streaming, everybody listening. We appreciate it. Let's hit that like button as much Who's, as possible. Uh, who said it was a birthday today? Um, somebody just said it's their birthday today in our chat. Um, who was it? Somebody said it's my birthday today. Doggone it, I missed it. They're flying by so fast. Uh, see, that's what I'm saying. This is a first class chat. I really, no, all wholeheartedly, I really, oh, Dor 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 Darman, Darman's birthday. But I was about to say, no, okay. I really do appreciate everybody birthday, in the chat. You know what I'm saying? Speaking to my mom and everything, that's that's cool. Because, uh, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? That's, I mean, you don't find that anywhere else, man. We got genuine people in this chat, man. That's why we try our best to make sure, you know, you guys feel a part of it. You know, Mama Brooks is popular in the chat. She, she's got a lot of yeah. friends. It's awesome. She's here every day. That's it. She she's is. Still trying to, still trying to get to heaven, bro. She's already in. Oh, she's, oh, she's going, in. man. She's that, there. That, brother? That, is not, that is not the same woman. That, that chased me around with a machete. <laughs> That's not the same woman, bro. Yeah. It's not the same woman. Yeah, they, but, you know, hey, grandkids and you know what I'm saying? Yes. You know, she's a great mom. Great, great mom. I mean, great grandmother too. Great grandmother it. too. So. That's it. That's it. That's uh, it. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So look, uh, a, lot, a lot going on, obviously, uh, with what's happening. So we got a, got a lot going on with the show. Keith Pompey is going to join us at 1.30. We'll talk some Sixers. They had their, their best one of the season. Dare I say best regular season win uh, maybe they've had in, in the Joel Embiid era. You go to Milwaukee on the road, you know, down big in the third quarter. 18 yeah. points. Yeah. 18 points to a team that's got a 16-game win streak. 
and you win that game, you're doing something right, man. Uh, and it was a, it was a crazy game. So, so not just win the game, but you scored 48 points in the fourth quarter against one of the top two, three defensive teams in the league. Yeah. But, you know, it's funny. When the game was over, I immediately thought of something that um, Barrett said last week when he made the prediction that the Eagles uh, – Eagles, that the Sixers win three games – um, against Miami, Dallas, and, and the Bucks, He said, man, that's just what they do. They win games you don't expect them to win. They lose games you don't expect them to lose. And that's exactly what that week was. Because if you if you go back to that Thursday game against Dallas, it was the same scenario. Dallas blew the doors off of them in the third quarter. Yep. Sixers crept back in it in the fourth quarter. They just couldn't overcome it. Which shows you just how crazy it is because Dallas is a sieve on defense. The Sixers couldn't beat them. Milwaukee is one of the best defensive teams in the league, and they just shredded Milwaukee in the fourth quarter. That mm. is so crazy because they're so long too, man. The way they yeah, play, Milwaukee, they play yeah. long. And you tell Milwaukee got... plays perimeter defense. They have right. two, three guys out on the perimeter. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. It's, it's crazy. And then all of a sudden from out of nowhere, you know, Hardings can light them up for over 30. That's why I, I, I have not given up faith in this team. But, you know, look, Captain Tony. I'm not falling for it. I understand. There's yeah, a lot of people I that aren't falling for it. I know, I Rob, you're the same way. Yeah, it's the eternal debate with them. Because they gave you a typical Sixers week. Think about it. They lose last Saturday at home to Boston. Then they lose Monday to the Heat. Then they go to Miami without Embiid and win. Then they lose to Dallas. Then they come back and beat Milwaukee <laughs> on the road. And without, by the way, they did it without Tobias Harris and, uh, and P.J. Tucker. Yeah. In yeah. the second half, that was such a Sixers week. They they like boom boom. You're on. You're, you're like strapped in on the on the lightning loops. There's an old reference there from uh from back in the day. Great adventure. But that's what it feels like, man. I'm telling you, it's with this great team. adventure, man. That was the fun. Yeah, but you know, it's it, it's sometimes it looks like fool's gold. But then when you look at it, man, look at what we have on the team. There's no way Tobias Harris shouldn't be scoring less than 20 points a game. And yet, from where they got him, does. You, you don't know what you're getting from him every night, Barrett. He gives you 10 one night, 25 the next night. There's no consistency with this dude. Well, why is that? I don't understand. Why is that's that? That's his game. I don't know why, yeah, but that's his game. It's just who he is. He's he's never – it's never going to change. Well, you know, that's, see, that's the problem. So, so I mean, I know I, I know we can't do anything about his deal. We didn't sign the deal. But we're looking for production. I, I'm looking at it from like this standpoint. How do you just – because I'm starting to see that – Teams, I mean, th this team goes into a lull because of the two-man game that Harding, Harden, uh, Harden has and 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 Bede have. So it's almost like you're just sitting out there, you're like, all right, am I gonna get the ball? Am I gonna get the ball? Instead of willing yourself to get the ball, moving around, going and get it. I mean, that's kind of, I, I think that's why Max is having such a problem adjusting to the playing style of this team has. Sometimes you got to generate your own offense, keep moving. I mean, what, what can they do to alleviate this? Yeah, it's, look, these are all great questions, and it, it's something I think we could we could dig into pretty hard uh, with Pompey at 130, that's for sure. Let me hit you I, guys with this. I, I will, just real quick, I wanted to add this, Rob. Mm -hmm. Barrett said he has not lost faith in the Sixers. I don't trust them because there's one consistency. They're going to ride They're going to ride this proverbial roller coaster the rest of the season Yes, because of the schedule. Here's the one constant that I – the reason why I cannot get on board with this team. They suck on perimeter defense. They flat out stink. Yes. There's too many teams – got too many teams that have sharpshooters, Dallas, Milwaukee. They can't defend the three worth a you-know-what. Well, that's that's, that's going to cost them. That's, that's what the NBA is right now. 
Yeah, but look at Boston and Milwaukee can defend the three. They're very good at defending the three. They, then they just lose to the Knicks, though. How do you lose to the Knicks? Yeah, they the did Knicks, it without oh, no, Jalen Brunson. Without hey, Jalen what, did I, what did I tell you guys last week? There are three teams in the in the East. Watch out for Knicks, Cavs. I mean the Knicks, Hawks, and the Nets. Oh, by the way, the Knicks have now beaten Boston twice in six days. Yeah. What? Yes. And twice Michael Bridges is going bananas for the Nets yes. every yes. single night. Um, yes. But, to, to Gunner, to your point, their perimeter defense. So, yeah. for example, Grayson Allen hit 7 of 10 from the floor, 6 of 8 from 3. Yes. Yep. And you won. They won that game despite allowing Milwaukee to shoot 50% as a team from 3 and 53% from the floor. That's It's it's an area that can bite them. That and rebounding it could bite them uh, in, in a big way. In, in the playoffs, yes. That's what I'm saying. That's why I can't get on board with this team. And there was a – here's another thing, Rob. As dominant as Embiid is, he plays lazy sometimes. Here's a prime example. Go to the uh, third or fourth quarter. Brooks Lopez blocked his shot. He's going in for a bunny. Lopez blocks his shot. Embiid falls to the ground. Now, him and Lopez, same size, same weight. Seven footers, 280 pounds. Lopez takes off sprinting down the court and hits a three from the top of the key. Embiid is jogging back down the floor. He doesn't even get back. Bucks right. are like four and five, five on four. Embiid is not even at half court when Lopez launches the three. You can't have that in playoff basketball. You can't. No, I hear you. I hear you. All right. Well, let, let, let's do it. We'll hit the Sixers hard. We got a couple things NFL wise that's that are uh, breaking that are big. One, Derek Carr signs a, uh, a reported four year deal with the Saints. So we know where he's going. He was rumored to be involved with the Jets, with the Panthers. But it's going to be the Saints, which vaults them immediately to the front runners here in the South. I mean, yes, we talk about those absolutely. other teams. Yeah, you absolutely. know, they're hands down for me. With yeah, especially if Kamara doesn't get a lengthy suspension. Yep. With the weapons that he potentially has on offense, uh, and the way Olave developed last year, and then their defense, the, the Saints are, are you know a team to be reckoned with now. Um, I will. I will say even if Kamara gets a six game suspension, let's say six games. They're still winning that division. Saints I, still win that division. Yeah, like who's the competition? Unless yeah. Carolina gets a decent quarterback. Yeah. It, it's, well, it's what's the all out there now? What's all out there? As far as free agent quarterbacks, you can't say college quarterback. I think you're Jimmy get- G uh, yep. is still out there. Aaron Rodgers, you know, uh, it seems like it's going to be the man. Jets, but you know, if if he goes anywhere, um, I tell you what, Jimmy G would be a good fit with the Jets. I, he'd be interesting with the Jets. Yeah, yeah. if Rodgers doesn't go, I think it'd be interesting with Carolina. I agree. I, th- I think if Jimmy G's smart, though, I think in, in, in instantly you have a better chance to get farther with the Jets than Carolina. Yeah. When you look at the wealth of talent on both sides of the ball, for them. absolutely, I agree yeah. with that. Absolutely, I would yeah. definitely agree with that. Yeah, bro. So, I, you know what? I was tossing around in my head yesterday. Yeah. What if Carson goes to to um to uh to Carolina? What did I tell you guys Friday when we were debating Carson? You made too much sense when you said it, man. I, and Why I is it when I it? make sense you you disagree with me? Why is you well, do this all the time? Okay, you, but you telling me that Reich is going to go down that road again with him? No, hey, no, there's no way he'll take wins. No I way. can't say that now, bro. I would, I will, but here's what I will say: Carson Wentz is only 30 years old, and and we agree on one thing: he has made a boatload of money for being mediocre. He had one great moment in the sun. 2017 and it fell short because of an ACL tear. It's been downhill ever since. But when you've got that kind of money stashed away and somebody's going to pick you up as a backup, why would you get a real job for 
Hey, look at how many backup quarterbacks in the NFL have stayed until they're 37, 38. Chad Henney just know. retired at 37. Yeah, Chase like, Daniels made a career out of it. Let me what? ask you this, then. Yeah. At this point, Daniel Jones is a free agent, right? Technically, but he is. supposedly they're close to Because they didn't pick – yeah, they didn't pick up his um, – Fifth-year option. Fifth-year option. He is a free yeah. agent. Yep. All right, I was just thinking that. That was just stuff going – because I'm looking at base, Baker Mayfield. How much you bet Baker Mayfield ends up at, uh, with the Jets? Um, and you know what? Baker Mayfield is going to get at least possibly. thirty-two million wherever he goes. At least thirty-two. At least for one year, thirty-two. Probably. I don't think he gets that much. Do you think he gets that much? Thirty-two, Baker Mayfield. I don't think he'll sign in one year. I think he'll well, go somewhere. So, I think so he'll go some, uh, here are the top quarterbacks that are in, in free agency right now: Carson Wentz, Tom Brady, Marcus Mariota, Baker Mayfield, ugh. Sam Darnold, mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo, Teddy uh, Bridgewater, mm-hmm. Daniel Jones. Case Keenum, Mason Rudolph, Jacob Brisk, uh, Brissett, Jacoby Brissett, I mean, Gino, Gino Smith, Joe Flacco, Andy Dalton, Mike White, Kyle. I, after that, it just it just gets worse after that. But yeah, yeah. Um, out of that, out of those guys right there, I can't see anybody at this point better than Jimmy G. Yep. And Baker Mayfield. Yep, I agree. And I will put, categorize them Jimmy G first, Mayfield second. I would definitely put Jimmy G first. Um, I, I still don't think Daniel Jones gets out of New York, but I, I, I mean, anything either. can happen if things really break down. But you You're know, absolutely I, right. Yeah. He is a free agent for sure. Um, there's he no showed promise at the end of um, the season last year. Yeah. Well, here, but here's the other the other thing. And I, I, I guess it's not a big surprise, but the, the Cowboys have franchised Tony Pollard. Yes. I'm not surprised. You know, franchising a running back to me makes a lot of sense. He's going to get it's ten cheap. million, right? Yeah, Absolutely. it's ten million. It's not Absolutely. like some of these other positions where you just get killed. Uh, you know, that that's tied in. Now, what that guy does if he comes back healthy, his ability to catch the ball and run it. But here's the next. Here's the next way. Uh, I expect an announcement from Tony Pollard or his camp. Uh, we will not play under the franchise tag, which means let's keep negotiating something. So, you know, how many players have, all, have pulled that? I, I, I won't report to camp on a franchise tag. Well, he's different right now because he's injured. His injury, he got he, he got a major he injury, so he probably won't play it till midseason, anyways. Right. So, well, what he he broke his what fibula? No. Yeah, I, I don't know, Barrett. I think they may with that one. It's not like an ACL. Like six months. Yeah, that's like yeah, five he, six he months. He might be ready by September. You put a put a pin in, but they put a rod in it. Push comes to yeah. shove. If it's that bad, you put a rod in. He'll play. Yeah. I think he'll be ready by the time to see. What's this? March. Well, he, yeah, he, he did, right, June, right, he did right, it January. I, it, yeah, or was it? Okay. Yeah, it was still January. Thank you. It was January. Yeah. Yeah. February, March, April, May, June, yep. July. Yep. It gets him right around. That's eight, yeah, that's eight months. Yep. You're right. He'll be yeah. back. He'll yeah. be back. I, and they know that. I think that's part of like, you don't do this if you think he's going to miss. Um, you know, eight <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You just got to go throw money <clears throat> at the wall like that. But um, that's too, that's too, because, because here's the thing, more car than Pollard, the, the, the trickle effect. You know, so it leaves Carolina, who who desperately needs a quarterback. You know, obviously some of these teams could address this through the draft, but um, you got some teams that are. I think I, I think they feel like they're not that far off. Carolina feels like they're not that far off if they can get a quarterback in there. Yeah, yeah, they got a running. Uh, they got now a the defense. Now the Pickens are slim, though. They are. I know. slim. No, it's yeah. not. It pick, there are no Pickens out there. If they don't get Garoppolo. They'll be going with the same mess they've been going with the last two and a half years, three years. I'm so, you know, Baker Mayfield is a great story week to week right. because of his highs and lows. You know, so he 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 fascinates me because 
even when he has a bad game, he's headline news. I've never understood <laughs> that about him. When he has a great game, like that game he played with the Rams this past season, he brought the team back last drive of the game, won again. You know, all of a sudden he's a pie piper of the Rams, and then he'll come back and have a bad game. He's still headline news the next week. I, I'm yeah. just one of the few players in the NFL I've never understood that about. Though. I think he helped himself when he got released by Carolina and went to the Rams and w- with no practice time and went and balled out on a Thursday and then yes. played well. And, 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 and played well the next week. Yeah, and you didn't hear any, like, nonsense. He just kept his head down and, and did his thing. I think that helped him. You know, whether that means he sticks with the Rams, if Stafford goes down, he steps in, or he goes somewhere else. I think he, he did a little – not that – He's had like off the field stuff. He hasn't had that, but I, I think he's helped his maybe his rep a little bit if he had a bit of a reputation that wasn't great with his Rams stint. I think it helped. Absolutely, him. absolutely. And we'll see. We'll see. Did you guys hear the rumors about um? You guys hear the rumors about uh, um, BG possibly going back yeah, to I Detroit? Was, I didn't want to say anything. Or going to Cleveland? Yeah, there's a yeah. lot, a lot out there, and there's ties obviously to both. One, he's from Detroit. We we know he's he's a Detroit guy, right, but right. the the Cleveland. Jim Schwartz is there. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I was I didn't want to say anything. Um, but you know what? Money talks. And I and I present I said, well, you know what? He had a chance to go to the Giants years ago for more money than the Eagles paid him, and he stayed with the Eagles and he won his Super Bowl here in Philadelphia. Um, but at this stage of his career where he's talking about one or two more years of playing, well, he's got his ring here, he's got his money here, and you know, Detroit is an up-and-coming team. Cleveland, I don't think Cleveland's going anywhere. But if somebody's going to pay you a lot more than what your existing team is offering you, you got to take it. Yeah, got to yeah. take it. Yeah, got to take it. Yeah, especially point, if it's if it's a huge like if the Eagles are coming at him with like five, and, and you got one of these teams offering twelve. You know, I mean, you can't you can't even give that a second thought, man. You know, I it hate would to see a, him go, but I same. Uh, if he here. if he leaves, and I hate to see him go. Obviously, I have a personal relationship, yeah. but yeah. but but because of his locker room pr- pr- presence, I mean, I, I've known this dude. I got to know him really his first year after his rookie year is when I really got to know him and watch him and study him. And I can say he is the only player that I have ever covered in my entire four four decade plus tenure in this business. His demeanor in that locker room has never changed even when he was going through the bad spell with the injuries blocking people on twitter because people were at his neck you know you suck and all this stuff your first round bust his demeanor in the locker room and on the practice field never changed his his the way he embraces people he doesn't even know um first day of training camp like clockwork he comes out of the locker room, walks up and down. It's like a gauntlet, you know, how we all stand shoulder to shoulder, get the video of the players coming out the first practice. He's walking up and down the road, shaking hands with people. How you doing? And, and, and embracing people. I know he's meant for the first time. Me, you know, I'm talking about media members from, like, places like Redding, Altoona, <laughs> John Stavis. Well, it, it just talks to everybody. He's never – if he's had a bad day, you will never know he's had a bad day. He got right. me in trouble, man. Remember during COVID, he kept getting me in trouble? Oh yeah. Now I know I'm not supposed to talk to players. Yeah. And the players know that it's supposed to talk to me. But I'm sitting over in the corner by myself, no other reporters around, and I'm standing there by myself. And BG, Fletcher Cox, Lane come over and start talking to me. And I see D Gun out the cutter corner of my eye. He loud like this. I'm like, I'm not talking to them. I try to walk with. They follow me. They walk with me. Get me kicked out of camp because I'm talking to them. I'm like, 
It ain't fair. It was one of my BG, finer he days. He was hell bent on talking to me. And because he was talking to me, the other guys came and talked to me also. <laughs> got me kicked out because of him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, my God. That's, well, there you go. Woody Woodpecker right there. You're, 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 <laughs> your guy. Oh, he's doing that. Uh, it's funny. But, yeah, I, more than anything else, though, and he's been a phenomenal player. I mean, yes. obviously, he made arguably the biggest play in Eagles history, right? Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. He, he's, he's an asset to the community. He's an asset to any place where he lives. He's an asset to any place where he's employed because he just makes the people in the area better. He makes you better. I mean, whether it's charity, whether it's just the kind of human being he is, it, look, it would suck. It, it, and it's, we always get back to this. It's a business and he's got to do what's best for him. And I don't, I never begrudge a player a penny, especially an NFL player, make every, every single cent that you can make. So I would hate to see it, but I get it, you know, from his perspective. Simmons. Except for, oh yeah, I begrudge him every penny he makes. <laughs> no, but a, a guy who gave you everything he possibly had every second, like Brandon Graham, hey man, like I don't want to see him go, but I don't blame him. There would be no ill will uh, towards him. I would be really disappointed in the situation if he left. That's the way and, I view and he'll, it. He'll, he'll be back here. He's got that big, beautiful house in Jersey. He'll be back here when his playing days are over. He'll be right here, and he'll be able to do whatever he wants to do in the media. Uh, when his playing days over, whatever he decides to do, this city will always embrace him with open arms, as they do with so many other players who have come through the doors of Philadelphia. So, yeah. yep. you know, I hate to see him go, but you know what? I'm happy for him, man. Is this dude? This dude. Even even the funny thing is, even when you get mad at BG, you can't stay mad at him. You just laugh because he's that kind of dude, you know. And even when he knows when he knows you're mad at him, he has a way of making you laugh. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. He, he you, he's one of those guys you just see him and you're in a better mood. Like he's just right. looking at, you know what I mean? He's just that right. guy. He just, he, he, you know, people who walk into a room, you're like, oh my god, how is that person always up, man? They're always there, and, and I admire those kind of people. He's awesome, but yeah, he's that kind of guy for sure. All right, let's um, let's get a timeout in because there's a lot to dig. I'm seeing a lot of people going crazy in the chat section regarding Matt Patricia. There's rumors that he. The Eagles may have interest in him as an assistant coach, which has an interesting tie into Darius Slay from the Detroit days. All right. So we'll dig into that. The other thing I think we need to get into very hard. There is uh, conflicting reports here about Denard Wilson's uh, exit from the Eagles. There is a statement the Eagles put out with a mutual parting of the ways. And then there's a story that Marcus Hayes has. You know, that's basically saying like this is uh this wasn't a mutual parting of the ways. This was a firing for for Denard Wilson. So that's we'll dig into and look. No matter how you slice it, there's a lot of turnover now on the defensive side of the ball between coaches and very likely what it's going to look like on the, on a defensive side, including Brandon Graham, who we were just talking about. So let's get into all those kind of things, Eagles wise, when we come back. Like I mentioned at one thirty. Keith Pompey is going to be joining us. Keith on the road in Indianapolis where the uh, the Sixers are playing tonight. So a lot to dive into with the Sixers. Phillies, no word on Andrew Painter yet, guys. That's not good. Uh, it, it's been going on for a while. So we'll uh, we'll talk about that also. We haven't get to – real quick, I, before we time out, Travis Kelsey. I, I actually watched – as much as I said I wasn't going to, I watched Saturday Night Live in part – couldn't help yourself. Well, here's why. Yeah, because I'm just – nuts but also because i was watching the sixers sixers ended like right around that time and then i flip over and i gotta tell you i thought he was awesome i thought didn't he was you tell really me you good. weren't gonna watch didn't you say you were I not did. going to watch I, I, yeah i did i i did see i didn't watch because i i told you i haven't watched snl since the the, the early to mid 90s yeah 
But I did see the clip. The one clip I saw was where he was talking about, hey, my family's here tonight. You know, Jason was there with mom and dad. Yeah. And he goes, you know, Jason agrees with me that <laughs> – um, you know, it was a good call. It was a good call, and you see Jason's face get more and more yeah. serious. Yeah, he, and Jason is so happy for me that I won. And Jason's face gets more serious, yeah. and I'm sitting there dying laughing watching this clip, this uh, clip. And you know, that was Rob the opening I, monologue. It was funny. Okay, yeah. and you and I were talking about it before the show. And you you believe? I, I agree with you. I believe it was staged. The, the facial expression oh, from Jason, totally. Dude, that was hilarious. He was also, he, he said, it was really awkward because our mom drove us to the game and she had to drive us home in the minivan. And we, yeah, it was really yeah. awkward for the two of us <laughs> driving home in the minivan together. <laughs> so that was pretty good. And, and I'm telling you, like, and Jason uh, was in like two other skits that were really funny. Like he, he stole the show with his cameos and you, you knew he was going to, but I give Travis props. He was good. He wasn't nervous. Like he was, it was funny, man. I'm telling you, it was, and I don't watch, like I said, I don't watch much of, of SNL anymore, but I thought it was good. The writers did a nice job with the, with the stuff. So it was good. I enjoyed it. All right, let's time out get a timeout here. We'll come back and we'll, we'll talk Eagles. We'll dig into what happened with Denard Wilson and, you know, the Matt Patricia rumors. Plus there's a lot of other stuff that we will, uh, we'll get into. Don't go anywhere. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis, Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network on this Monday. Let's talk about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because, look, finding the right person to trust with your finances, it's critical. You know, you work way too hard to, to put your money in the hands of the wrong person. But I can tell you from personal experience that Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group are people that I trust, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review for you, uh, if you're trying to set up employee benefits, you got a new business and you're not really sure how to go about that. That's another area that Jim can assist you with. I know I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers to Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call. 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. Or you could email him as well. Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online.
Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, owner appreciation event. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. You on this Monday. Thanks for hanging. Hope you all had a great week. And we are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, D Gun, B Brooks, R Ellis. All right, guys. So let's start with the, the Patricia rumor because everybody seems to be going crazy here uh, on this one. Um, there was a report out there that the Eagles may have interest in bringing him in as a defensive coach. I know some folks are asking, isn't he an offensive coach? Well, he was an offensive coach this past year. Uh, Bill Belichick went with sort of a dual system of Matt Patricia and Joe judge guys who were with new England previously left for head coaching jobs and then came back. But before Patricia took the head coaching gig in Detroit, he was the defensive coordinator, but Mm -hmm. early in his career, I think he was a tight ends coach. So that's not uncommon. And Barrett, you know, this guys can bounce to each side of the ball. That that's not, you know, shocking. I would say it was unorthodox to say the least what Belichick did last year. You're, you're muted. B. What, what, what he did with Patricia and judge and clearly yeah. didn't work for them offensively. And I think really hurt Mac Jones development. So let's start with that piece of it. And then I'll get into the, the Eagles ties where I think this could be not a great move, but, but go ahead. I just, you know, it, it, it happens all the time, especially, you know, coaches that they know both sides of the game. Like a lot of people really laughed at, 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 Juan Castile's hiring as defensive uh, coordinator. I truly yeah. believe if, if he would have been hired as the linebacker coach to start off, he'd have been a phenomenal defensive coach. He played linebacker in college. He coached like a defensive mentality. You know, usually, you know, I'm not saying that offensive guys, they coach passively, but Juan coached so aggressively. He coached like he was a linebacker. He coached like he was a defensive guy, which that's why his, all his offensive lines are pretty good that, you know, he has because he has mentality, like we're going to get you before you get us. Right. So it happens all the time, you know, all the time, you know? So, I mean, it, for, for coaches to flip back and forth like that, it's, it's not unheard of at all. You see yeah. coaches, them, you know, look at a uh, Harbaugh, Harbaugh started out special teams coach, mm-hmm. what the defensive backs coach, you know, mm-hmm. it really depends on, you know, what they're doing. A great example, people forget this, the great Jim Johnson was a college quarterback mm-hmm. at Missouri. 
<laughs> you know, I mean, who would have thought, right? But it's just, you know, it is what it is. But I, I actually didn't like what they did last year. And, and I, I, that said, I don't like it. It was horrible. Yeah. And if he was going to come here, it would be in a defensive capacity. Now, these are just rumors out there. But you wonder with the Eagles losing a linebackers coach, a secondary coach, you know, I, I Sean decides, obviously, the, the, the defensive coordinator. We know that. But there, it is a possibility. Now, the the sticky part of this thing is he and Slay did not get along when Slay was in Detroit and Patricia was the head coach. In fact, Slay blasted him out the door. Uh, so I, that doesn't make sense unless Slay's headed out the door. Well, two things. Uh, number one, you guys remember I said there's a possibility they could use trade, uh, Slay as trade bait to get some picks back. And people lost their minds on social media that I even put that out there. Well, that's still on the table. There's a possibility. Number two, there's also truth to the rumor that they uh, have some interest in Patricia as a defensive coach. Hmm. Um, Doesn't mean they're going to to hire him, obviously, because, you know, you have have a meeting of the minds. Who knows? Maybe Patricia doesn't see this as a fit that he wants to come into right now. Or maybe he's asking for more money than Eagles want to pay a position coach. I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into it. But you know what? As an organization, you talk to any and everybody to see where they are, their mindset is. You know, he wasn't a bad defensive coach. He was not a head coach. He obviously was not an offensive-minded coach You know, after what happened with Mac Jones. But he does have some defensive pedigree. Um he was a good player as a, as a defensive player when he played in the NFL. He was a good defensive player. Sometimes that doesn't translate to a good coach. But yeah, but those two things are still on, on the table. Yeah, look, it, and in fairness to Patricia, they he did win a, a Super Bowl as a defensive coordinator. Yes, he did. You know, for for what it's worth. Now he it was not a good. He didn't have a good Super Bowl against the Eagles. And then he went, he left to be Detroit's head coach. That didn't work out for him. But we know that just because it doesn't work out for you as a head coach doesn't mean you're not a good coordinator. Now, uh, I appreciate you, Marshall. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it works out, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, these, again, there's, this is just rumors floating around. I think maybe connecting dots uh, with needing coaches on that side of the ball, because, you know, there's a lot of turnover here, guys. There, there's a lot of turnover. You're losing your D coordinator your linebacker coach, your secondary coach, and, you know, potentially a lot of free agents. I mean, you could lose Hargrave, Graham, Edwards, White, Cox, C.J. Garner-Johnson, Sue, Joseph, just to name a few. That's not even everybody. See, now I I wonder also how this will affect the negotiations between the Eagles and C.J. Now he's looking at a new defensive coordinator. Now his guy, Denar Wilson, is gone as well. Wow. How will this affect his negotiations? Losing a lot of players after a Super Bowl appearance is not out of the norm. Losing the high volume of coaches this team is losing is extremely rare. You know, you don't just see you you don't see this many coaches out the door at the same time, whether you win or lose that Super Bowl. And, you know, there's something to be said for now, somehow, someway, Andy Reid was always able to plug and play when it came to his coaches moving on to a better position or a head coaching position. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he kept that train moving for most of the 14 years he was here. But this is unusual because this is a combination that could really put your overall defense uh, in, in, in a severe restraint in terms of being a, conf- a very effective and t- I would say even a top 12 defense 
if you lose all those players that Rob just mentioned, coupled with all these coaches that walked out the door. Now, going back to what you said about Denard, um, I'm not yeah, let's, surprised. Let's dig into this because this yeah. is a biggie. This is a biggie here. I am not surprised one bit that he's no longer with the organization. Now, I, and, I, and again, this is just me speaking my perspective, not in any inside information. If he thought that he had a legitimate shot to be the D.C., and then all of a sudden at the last minute the rug is pulled from under him, I'm ticked off. I'm, right. Yeah, I'm pissed. Because you li- basically I feel like you lied to me. And, again, I'm not saying the Eagles lied to him. I'm not saying, um, you know, the Eagles promised him anything. But if they did promise him that, hey, man, you're the front runner for this job, and I'm thinking I, the job's mine. Yeah. Hey, they moved up. They moved up Brian Johnson. So I should be moved up too, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, they bringing somebody out of the cold. I'm ticked off. So I'm not surprised. And I told you guys, don't be surprised if he leaves because you don't know how you're going to j- jive with this dude. We don't know the relationship. Decide even that. It's a small fraternity. We don't know if there's some tension between those two. From well, that, here's where it's interesting, Barrett, because there's a conflict here. The Eagles put a statement out saying, hey, we've we've decided to mutually just kind of move on. Uh, we're going to part ways. Thanks, Denard, for all your you know your assistance the last couple of years. Okay, but, you know you kind of get it for for all the reasons Derek just laid out. You know whatever, and it may be awkward for him to to work under a new defensive coordinator when he didn't get the gig. Uh, uh, understood. Marcus Hayes of the Philadelphia Inquirer puts a story out saying basically this this wasn't a mutually parting of the ways. This was a Sirianni sat down with um, Denard over the weekend and. Something happened to the point where Sirianni basically fired him and said, you're out. This isn't your option. You're out. That's according to Marcus Hayes, what he had to say. Um, Marcus also goes on to say in the story that Denard was willing to stay here and work under Desai and was not going to be, you know, a distraction or, you know, whatever. Uh, But apparently something went down. I don't know if it got heated. I don't know if he wasn't convincing enough that, hey, I'm not going to be a distraction, you know, that I have – I'm going to be strong in my opinions on things. And maybe that didn't sit. Well, I don't know. I have no idea, but according to Marcus, this was a firing, not a, Hey, we're just going to all see other people now. Mm, that's, see, yeah. that's tough. I mean, cause conceptually Denard wasn't really under that tutelage that the defense was run over with Gannon. Anyways, he was under a much more, um, aggressive mindset with, you know, with Todd Bowles and those guys, you know, and understanding, you know, that you, 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 you got to play more aggressive and, you know, play calling and play style. So, I mean, it was conflicting. I don't know if he would, would have necessarily wanted to go into a three, four system. He might want to go to a four down system. He might've thought that'd been more productive uh, from, from a, from a pressure standpoint, you know, so there's a lot of different ways in which you can think about, you know, a guy's fit, or his non-committal to to doing whatever it takes to be under somebody else's reign. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's tough. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I I don't like to read prompt. I like to freestyle. Some people like to read prompter because they can't freestyle. It doesn't change, you know, the fact that we can still do the same show, but it's different because I approach it differently than most people approach it. And you know, and and that's kind of that's kind of hard to deal with when you when you have two two different styles, you know, and how you're doing things. Well, I think it's pretty obvious with the the organization it, it doesn't want to give up big plays. 
and they don't want to have to blitz a ton. Now, I don't know if Denard Wilson had a different, you know, idea, but here's the thing. You would think that that would have kept him maybe from being the DC, but he's not making that call. If he just stays on as the, as the defensive backs coach, you know what I'm saying? Like what? I don't know. I don't know what happened, man. Something. Me neither, man. Me neither, man. And for for, and because he he's not one of those guys who's just you know saying throw stuff against the wall and let it stick. Evidently, right. he knows something, or somebody told him something. It may not be the right thing, but somebody's told him something, or he's seen something that made this relationship sizzle yeah. in just one weekend. Yep. Yeah. No question. So. Again, we'll see if anything more develops on that. We'll we'll pass it along if we get any more. Um, you know, well, I any just more uh, I just sent out a text to Marcus Hayes, so I'm gonna see if I can get him to jump on with us to shed some more light on this story. Because you know, Marcus, he's not one to pull punches. So no, he's not at all. Mm-hmm. Not at all. So I'm just waiting to hear back from him. See if we can slip him on. If if not today, because I know it's crazy. If not today, he might be at the combine for all we know. Uh, if not today, maybe tomorrow. Okay. So. Okay. Uh, Speaking of combine, you see what happened to my little guy, man. My running back, bro. Who? He measured five five. Oh, uh, <laughs> Deuce, Deuce, Deuce Vaughn, Deuce Vaughn, the running back from Kansas yeah. State. Yeah, five five one seventy something. That is, man, that is small. Whoa. <laughs> hey, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't knock the little guy in the NFL. No, I never lock him, but he's the you shortest player to because, ever come. Uh, because Dallas, Dallas has one of the most dangerous returners in the NFL. And that's that, that that little dude is like five eight, 160 pounds soaking wet, but can run like a gazelle. Um, you know, there's a place for the little man in the NFL. You know? Absolutely, absolutely. Darren Sproles, <laughs> yeah. Sproles what, what five six? Five, no, Sproles is five eight. Wasn't he five seven? Uh, maybe no. in his cleats he was five eight. Yeah, I think he was like <laughs> a, more like five six. Yeah, yeah. So come on, man. Well, well, you know, interesting. Yeah, I know. Well, we're going to get into the combine and 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 some of the things that went down to the combine in, in a little bit. But let me ask you guys. I mean, if you consider the coaching turnover and the possibility of losing Bradbury, Gardner Johnson, Hargrave, Cox, Edwards, White, Epps, to name a few, how how big a concern is the defense, man? You're not signing all these guys back. It's a huge concern. It's huge. I mean, it, you you're you could be losing a combined 35 sacks. If you look at Hargrave and Brandon Graham, that's 22 there. Fletcher Cox is seven. Edwards is two. White's a sack and a half. CJ's one. Sue's one. Joseph's a half. And then you talk about six picks from CJ. That's a lot of losses. Well, one thing I am going to say is they're not going to feel the effect of signing their quarterback. Even though they're going to sign a quarterback this year, they won't feel the effects of signing their quarterback this year. His value won't hit the cap until 24. So they'll be able to sign people back. It's just long-term how they're going to sign them. Um, when you look at how the salary cap is made, that's why that's why you, you see, you know, that's why he's not, you know, that's how he's not really too, you know, bent out of shape about it because he'll be playing under his rookie salary. Now he'll have to pay for the bonus, but the bonus will be spread out over the life of the contract. So there'll be money. There'll be a lot more money that we're, we're you know, saying uh, right now that they could maneuver, you know, on the cap this year. They'll be able to do some things. You know what I mean? They'll be able to sign some guys. I, I said it before, and and it may not happen because Howie will shock us in some way, some form. 
But I think we could be looking at something similar to what Kansas City just went through. Yeah. They had 24 new players on that roster this year, and 11 of them were rookies, and they won the Super Bowl. Da-da-da. There's a chance we could be looking at a complete makeover on the defense. We already are in the coaching staff on the defense and in personnel. But because that offense is still intact, they could still do some serious damage. Now, the road to get to the Super Bowl next season is much stiffer than it was in 2022. But they have the offensive firepower to do it, to cover up a lot of deficiencies. Until If you bring an abundance of new players, as well as the coaching staff getting used to the players, the players getting used to the coach, there's a growing period. It could be four to five games. You know, you don't you don't make up that time in OTAs, mini camps, and training camps, especially when frontline players don't play in preseason games anymore. So there's a growing period for the first month of the season that this team could have to go through. But you have the offensive firepower to overcome those hidden deficiencies until that defense. They Barrett agreeing with me twice in one day. You're just doing that because it's my anniversary today, aren't you? <laughs> no, I forgot about that. That was water in the bridge. I forgot all about that. But you're making a lot of sense. You know, that's why we were wait, talking wait, about wait, wait, what? Say that again. What? <laughs> what? What can, you can, I, can, I, can I just please talk about what we're talking no, about? No, no. I want to soak this in. This doesn't happen often. Can, can, I mean, keep, keep it coming. Keep it coming, B. Brooks. <laughs> no, that's why, That's why you know, people looked at me strange when I was saying, well, you know, we got to go defense in the draft. Well, I mean, this team might be trying to go ahead and, and – um and build up that offense, just make that offense unstoppable, a la what the Kansas City Chiefs did, make their offense, you know, one that, you know what I'm saying, this is going to outscore people and just patchwork the defense to get them by. You can win Super Bowls like that. Kansas City just did it. So it makes sense to me, like we were talking about Bijan uh, Robinson. Why, you know, picking up a running back in the, in the, in the first round, with the talent this kid has, ran a 4-4-40, his ability to play anywhere at in, in the slot, in the wing, traditional running back, you can put him anywhere. He can catch, running between the tackles. Him running the read option with Jalen Hurts, that's not a bad combination to, to, to invest. To be, to be, honest, um, be, honest, be, like be honest, I don't see the Eagles spending that kind of draft capital that high. On a running back, to be I mean, honest, I with know, you. but I'm just—I don't either. No, and it's I don't just, disagree with you, but yeah, it's, it's not—it's not without, it's not beyond the realm of possibility because they might be thinking, look, if we make our offense unstoppable, we make it unstoppable, then we can—we don't have to worry about the defense as much. Yeah, and and you know what it really comes down to? Do, do you have the faith in your quarterback to be able to carry you the way that Mahomes carried the Chiefs? And I think they do. Obviously, if they're going to be paying the guy $50 million, whatever it ends up being, they have that faith in them. But that's really what it comes down to. If you don't have that faith, then you are, you're, go, you're going to load up on defense in the first, at least with the first three picks, if yep. you would think, you know, yep. uh, somewhere around there. But Makes sense. I get where you're coming from with the Barrett. I just, the, the bigger question for me is do, would they, we know it's been forever since they took a running back in the first round. They just don't do it. But they haven't picked a, a corner in the first round since 2002, Lito Shepard. I mean, you talk about right. more than 20 years at that position where they used a the first rounder on him. I think this could be the year that snaps that streak. That, I think that's possible. Mm. That's definitely possible. And, and then this draft is working out perfectly for the needs that we have. Edge rushers, 
defensive linemen, and corners. And Barrett, add to that quarterback hungry organizations that are going to be taking quarterbacks up before you pick, which will lead even more. Four probably going to top five, top six picks. Well, Richardson just cemented himself. uh, Yes. And you add him to the the Levis kid and then Bryce Young and and, and Stroud. You look at at least four right there that probably go ahead of the Eagles, which is great for the Eagles. It's great. So so apparently there was some tension between uh, Wilson and. and Sirianni. Now I'm trying to get more details, but uh, not giving up too much. Just as I asked the question, was there tension between the two? And the answer was yes, there was some. Now who knows to what degree, but there was some, which leads me back to what I said before. I believe Wilson felt he was the next candidate, especially since Brian Johnson got the OC job or Wilson felt, in dialogue with decision makers that he felt felt coming away that, okay, I'm the front runner. The job is mine. And all of a sudden the rug was pulled under him. Hmm. Again. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's not, there had to be some hurt feelings there. And I, and I would assume to some degree, there was a lack of faith from the Eagles standpoint that he was going to be able to just soldier on here. But I don't, you know, again, who, the only people who know are the people that were in that meeting. Ultimately, you know exactly how this played. It. But Man. I just my, again, my biggest concern is a, a, a decent amount of new coaches and a lot of personnel turnover over there. And you guys are right; like this could turn into just out shoot teams and all that. But at some point, you're going to have to get stopped somewhere. And how much of a hit is your defense going to take? Well, that's what Kansas City's defense was. They weren't yeah. a juggernaut; they were an opportunistic defense. They made when you look back at this season, if you if you had a chance to look at every game they won this season, it's not like the defense shut anybody down, but they got one or two key turnovers, whether it was a strip sack, an interception that gave the ball back into that lethal offense's hands. And once that offense gets ahead of you, it's hard for any team, and I'm talking Buffalo, Cincinnati, Eagles, it's hard for any team to come back on that team when that yeah. happens. Yeah. And yeah. sure enough, that's how their whole season was played out. You know. You look at the look at the Jacksonville game, key stops. You look at the Cincinnati playoff game, key turnover. One big play here or there made the difference in those games. You know, yeah, it it's is. amazing. I, so. I I like the way the offense stays pretty much status quo. You know, what I'm saying we'll find somebody to take care of. You know, right guard that'll be easy. Oh, I agree. I agree. You got Stalin University. Yep, I'm not worried about that. Um. Do, am I worried about special teams? Yes, I'm still worried about special teams. Mm-hmm. Well, not you know kicking, you know. So we're, we're good with, yeah. with with everything, everything PAT, else. Though. You know, mm-hmm. saying field goals, punting. We got to do something about the punting. We got to do something about our uh, coverage and return. But I still think that this defense will have enough with the size, con- conceptual mentality of running a three-four. We have the people in place to run that three-four. Even with people gone. Now, will it be to the quality that we had just last year? No, it won't even be close. Well, not I mean not even close because I mean you got Bradbury, you know, uh, you know, an all-star. You know, Bradbury's that good. Mm-hmm. You won't have him. If we don't have CJ GJ, that's gonna be a powerful hit. Um Avante Maddox, do you keep him in if, if you can't sign CJ GJ back, do you make Avante Maddox CJ GJ and move in those young corners we got in? McPherson, Josh Job. Uh, um, you know, 
I mean, that's a d- distinct possibility also. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this defense, they will be okay, but can you be okay if you want to go and compete for Yeah, can you be okay in a passing league? Can you be okay if you're right. not getting the sacks that you were getting last year? Exactly. And exactly. where your corners get exposed that much more if you're not getting pressure. Can you be okay? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a good Are question. Okay it's, it's, Josiah Scott still being in the slot? Yeah. I, I, look, and it's not like you're bereft of talent. You still have Hassan Reddick coming back, who's who's a sack machine. Sweat, sweat was in double digits. Like, you, you know, you, you, I like Milton Williams a lot. Uh, so you still have talent coming back. And Jordan Davis, you know, I mean, this is where we're going to find out with him. And you, you're probably going to have Slay, uh, but we don't know for sure. But you're probably going to have Slay. I mean, you're going to have some players still there. Yeah, you look at a Milton Williams uh, in the short time he's been in the NFL. He has played well in spurts. Can yep. he play that way if his role is expanded? Yep. Can Jordan Davis perform if his role is expanded? When you have that kind of depth across the board, you look a whole lot better in the late in the third quarter, early to mid fourth quarters than you do if you got to play 70, 75 percent of the snaps like some defensive players do across the league because they're, they don't have that kind of depth the Eagles just had. That luxury is now gone for Milton Williams, Jordan Davis, so on and so forth. So we're going to find out, um, are they frontline players? And when I say frontline players, any player to me that plays over 55 60% of the snaps is a frontline player, mm-hmm. you know, more so than a role player. But just think about this, though. What if Reed Blankenship starts one safety? Yep. Then you got Avante Maddox at the other safety. Possibility. Who's your slot? You got guys that got to step up. So that's why I was saying Josiah Scott, Josh Job, um, Zach McPherson. They've got to they got to step up. You may have to go with them out of necessity if that yes. was the case, but I don't trust either one of and them. And draft. Yeah. yeah. This is where you make your name. You we were saying yeah. the same thing about my uh, Epps. We were saying the same yeah. thing about Marcus Epps yep. this time last year. And I was yep. I was head on about Marcus Epps being yes, a guy to come in and play. Well, that's yes, why, too, this is not like last year. These guys can't sit. The draft, your draft, the guys you're drafting this year have to come in and play. <laughs> Baron Vaughn. <laughs> What's that? What happened? Look at Baron. Baron, Baron Vaughn. Uh, what was it? Where Josiah Scott? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm be, I'm with Baron in that I'm not really uh, feeling that with Josiah Scott. Um, I, I'm no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying it either. Yeah, no, I, I saw, I saw what I need to see of him. I saw it, and I didn't need to see anything else. Yeah. But I didn't see anything from Zach McPherson to say, all right, he can't do it. The few times he had an opportunity to get in there at the wide corner. Yeah, I thought he serviced himself pretty well. Yeah, I thought he played pretty well. Um, toward the end, Kayvon Wallace showed me a little something. Like when they get in their big nickel formations. I, I like how he played when given that opportunity. Can I trust these guys every down? I don't know because, I mean, I haven't seen any of Josh Joe. Mm-hmm. I've seen none of him yet. He's from Alabama. I watched him in Alabama. Very good at Alabama. But he didn't get drafted. So why? You know what I'm saying? I, I, there's a there's some there's some guys that got to step up. Like I I don't have a problem with with Nicole Dean stepping up. I know he's mm-hmm. gonna step up. I got the guy. You know, um, is 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 Davis. I know he's gonna step up. Milton Williams is gonna step up. I know they're gonna play. I know they're gonna play at a high level. But there's still some guys that you know, Kayvon Johnson. Can he play that outside linebacker? 
opposite of Hassan Reddick, mm-hmm. Patrick um, Patrick Johnson. I've seen him play, and he's played he's played pretty well when he was given the opportunity to play. He played a lot, actually. You know what I'm saying? He played a lot and was serviceable while he was out there. No question. Yeah, no question about it. So, yeah, there, like there's there is it, it's there's guys that we just have to find out when given the opportunity, and that's Jordan Davis, and that's the Kobe Dean. And then there's others that aren't on the team yet who they're going to draft. We're going to have to come right in and play. Yep. Plain and simple. Not like last year with the luxury of all these veterans who, who are going to be sitting in front of them. Now you're, mm. you, you, you're going to be shown out or thrown out there a little bit. So, all right, we'll see. All right, we're going to come back. We'll continue with the Eagles talk. We'll mix in a little Phillies and Flyer stuff as well uh, before we get to Keith Pompey at 1.30. We get to the NFL segment. There's tons of NFL stuff. Like, there's some big names who could be cut who are, or already have been cut. Uh, like, big, big, big names. For sure, including Derrick Henry potentially, or being shopped around in a trade. So there's right. a there's a lot there's a lot of a lot of uh, bills that are that are coming due here with organizations that, that played around a little bit with the cap and and now they're paying the price. So <laughs> yeah, we'll Jeez. see. Oh my goodness, yeah. Diamond Mac, it's okay, y'all. We still have Derrick Barnett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somehow, oh. somehow, oh. yeah. Yeah, nine lives, man. Nine lives. He does. All right, we'll come back. We'll hit all that when we uh, when we return. That's Derek. That's Barrett. I'm Rob. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Pro Action Restoration because Pro Action Restoration is your lifeline. Okay, if you have a business, you have a property, you have a home, and you've experienced the inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, mold damage, it can be incredibly trying and scary. Okay, but the beauty is they're on call 24 hours, seven days a week. You can reach out to them on a Saturday at night on a holiday, whatever the case may be. I've gone through it personally on a Saturday and they got over to my parents' house and they cleaned up just a mess in their basement. They are licensed, bonded, fully insured, and they've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. Pro Action Restoration will work in conjunction also with your insurance company. So it could be water, water, it could be fire, it could be smoke, it could be mold remediation, but it could be something else that you're not really sure about. Give them a call, find out, get a consultation, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Hi, everybody. My name's Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing, the second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs, and then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online.
Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, owner appreciation event. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. Welcome back, everybody. We're Sports Day, biggest sports YouTube network on this Monday. Ooh. What's the matter? You see the numbers that Derek Carr got? Yeah, from I was the just going to say he had four, <laughs> four years, 150 million with 100 million total in guarantees. Uh, he gets 70 million effectively, uh, fully guaranteed, 60 at the signing, another it's, 10 it's in year not- three. I, I can't believe he got this kind of coin. Like, I do. I, I believe it. Wow. Rob, how can you not believe it after what Arizona and Cleveland did? How, they reset the market. Yeah, I, I mean, is there anybody still out there that thinks uh, that Jalen Hurts is getting a penny beneath $50 million? Thank is you. there anybody? If they Thank are, you. give me give me some of whatever you've been doing today. It's a, or to take you need the to edge off checked. Holy crap, man. Uh, okay, so boy, one down. So what did I say before? I said if I'm, if I'm uh, Jalen Hurts, I don't even talk numbers until I see what Derek Carr and Lamar Jackson get. Right. One down, one to go. And I, you know, here's the problem, Derek. And, and for people who are just uh, jumping on with us, uh, Derek Carr has signed with the Saints. Uh, and as we mentioned, it's a, again, and this is according to uh, Ian Rappaport and Mike Garofalo of the NFL Network, four years, 150 million, 100 million in total guarantee. So Woo! heavy, heavy paper for Derek Carr to go from the, uh, from the Raiders to the Saints. But, but there's God. That's a great move for Carr. Think about it. Yeah, you play eight games, eight or nine games in that dome. You play another game against Atlanta in a dome. You play Tampa in warm weather, and you play Carolina. Even a cold day in Carolina is a heat wave in this region in November, December. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't. You can't. Jeez. And you you go to a team with a good defense. Uh, you yes. have if Michael Thomas, and that's a big if with him the last few years. But if he's healthy with Alave. And, and then whatever happens with Kamara, if he's there for most of the season, at least you have you have some nice and Taysom Hill, Taysom right? Hill is a great yeah. athlete. Yeah, you have some nice pieces in place there for sure. The, the problem, Derek, with the two prong thing that you just laid out with Carr and, and mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, as every day goes on with that Lamar Jackson thing, I, I man, 
I've been saying this to you guys for a while now. I I don't know. I don't know that he stays in Baltimore. I don't he, know. Then that makes Baltimore look really bad because they came out in January and said Derek uh, said Lamar Jackson will be here, and he gave they gave him carte blanche to have a, a, a hand in who the new OC was. I, uh, I, I, I don't. Why disagree isn't with this deal done? I know. I don't disagree with you because if he leaves now, that makes them look really bad, and yeah. they don't have a quarterback. You're going to put that team in the hands of Todd Huntley? Yeah. No, that, that's no, a quarterback. Yeah, I, Barrett, you're, you're not. Bro. Yeah, the short answer is you're not. Barrett, that's you unbelievable. Got, you, you, you're still muted. You lost your mic if you if you're not muted yeah. or something. All right, Z, Z, why don't we try and get Barrett straightened out? Uh, have him hop off for a second. Yeah, but that's that's the thing though, Derek. Like I don't. If I'm if I'm Hertz's people, I'm watching this stuff. And I'm saying, man, Derek Carr just got thirty seven. You know, we don't even start the conversation unless it's at 50. Go ahead, Barry. I think we might have you it, back. We good yeah. now? Yeah, we got yeah. you. Okay. Bro, the, the, we we weren't talking about anything less than 50 anyway since he he led his team to the Super Bowl. So wh- why are we even thinking anything less than 50 mm-hmm. anyways? We're talking about a team that uh, – a kid that's, um, that's, that's rated a top five quarterback in the league, a franchise quarterback. And we, we're thinking at it from him just being a second rounder that came here and was running – Running Wildcat when he when they had him in with with, with Doug. No, yeah. he's a bona fide starter in the NFL, a top five quarterback, maybe even top three. Mm-hmm. He just took his team to a Super Bowl. He's consistently been the leader on your team, yep. so much so that your 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 head coach gets a calming effect from him. Mm-hmm. There's no way Jalen Hurst should not be making or being one of the top five most paid quarterbacks in the league. Bottom line. But that's why I said Jalen and his camp are not in any hurry to sign right now. Exactly. No. exactly. Why would they be? They're playing you're playing chicken. Who's gonna Eagles want this deal done yesterday? I yes. promise you that. Be, be, because the, the he, Jalen has the leverage because the Eagles have to know how much money they, they can spend in free ah, agency. Da, da. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Simple. It, he's just, got him over a barrel right it's now. It's easy math. Yeah, he's got him. He's he got absolutely him, does. And, yeah. and 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 as he should, because there's no way, there's no way that um that that you can say anything other than Jalen Hurts was better than a lot of guys that are about to get money right now. He played better than than Jackson. He played better than Allen. He played better than a lot of these quarterbacks that we're talking about about to go into these big deals. So he has to be up there with him. And then, you know, I, I hate when people say, well, he's a running quarterback and then he might get hurt. All right, then. So this is what you do then. You don't want to play him like he's a he's a running quarterback. How about you stop him from running, take that aspect out of his game, and pay him for what he does after that? Yeah. You can't have your cake and eat. You can't have his running ability be a major reason why he's the best quarterback in the league, but not pay him for that. That's BS to me. You know what I'm saying? Pay him for what he's doing out on the field. And what he's doing out on the field is winning, number one, and being that dual threat quarterback, number two. And oh, by the way, he's only a dual quarterback because he's an athlete. He can also be a drop back quarterback whenever it's needed. Mm-hmm. He's just a great quarterback playing at a high level right now. So pay him accordingly. Hmm. Yeah, I, listen, I, I I think it's we're headed that way. And there was some, like I haven't heard this from anybody really. Maybe kind of wishful fan thinking, right? But I haven't heard it from anybody else. Like the notion that he's taking a hometown discount. It doesn't Who? make sense on any level, Who? But, but real quick, the, the, the only way that you would even consider that 
is if you're at the end of your career, right? You've already won one. You've, yeah. you've, you've had about yeah. two contracts after your initial contract where you maxed out. That's the only time you would even think about that. He's on the precipice of the, of the first big contract after his, his rookie deal. That never, ever results in a hometown discount. Nope. He's going to get everything he could possibly get, as he should. So there's no hometown discount. We need to, like, anybody who thinks that, just stop. It's not happening. Right, right. He's 24 years old and about to get paid. Now, as good of an athlete as he is, who's to say he may get another big contract? Yeah. Because of his style of play. We've already seen him get dinged up because of his style of play this season. Now, as he gets older, it's going to happen more if he continues that style of play. As he gets older, his play will alter somewhat. But that but, style of play is what makes him great. No, yeah. I understand that, Barrett, but I'm saying those kind of quarterbacks get dinged up more because of his style of play. And I'm saying it doesn't make him a less quarterback. I'm just saying somewhere down the road, it could affect him health-wise. You know, a multitude of injuries could affect him health-wise. Mm-hmm. You know, a pocket quarterback gets hurt, yes. A, 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 yes, we understand that. But when you're the type of quarterback who's carrying the ball 12, 15, 17 times a game, you step across that line of scrimmage, you're stepping into landmines now, mm-hmm. potential landmines. We saw him take the shot and shoulder driven to the ground. We The, the cheap shot – oh, I shouldn't say cheap shot. But he took the shot in the back on the one the one game where he, he carried the ball four times on one, one series. He took that shot in the back and not got the wind knocked out. I mean, that's that, that happens. Mm-hmm. You know, Patrick Mahomes – Patrick Mahomes got hurt on a fluke. Dude rolled on his ankle. Patrick Mahomes ain't running the football to pick up yards. He's running out of necessity or to yeah, buy time. By time. He's buying time. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's not a difference because you're in the pocket. Those same guys that are running after you down the field, the same guys running after you inside the pocket. And I'm telling you, that's why, what's his name from Cincinnati, got his butt kicked the entire year. Joe got beat up and he's been hurt. Yeah, Burles yeah. has been hurt too. Yes, yes. And he doesn't have nearly the same playing style. Look at what happened in um in in in, in um in LA with the Chargers. He got beat up, got knocked out a couple of games. Okay. okay. Would you the, consider the, the, Lamar Jackson damaged goods now? Look at the book. No, 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 no. What made? I'm saying is yeah. it doesn't matter where a quarterback plays, they're gonna get hit because a defensive mindset of players saying, Look, I want to see how your backup quarterback plays. Yeah, I, I look. I, I think so. I think the the way that you can try, look, you're ultimately not going to be be able to just protect people in, in nope. that game. It's just too violent. But yeah, could you dial back some of the RPOs? Yeah, and I think yeah. that's what they'll do. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what you do, and that's, that's you just what I'm saying. There's to less, preserve, less, yeah, yes, that's all. Preserve the franchise. I mean, Mahomes got hurt on a fluke. You know, you can't see everything around your feet. Yeah, you know, what, what Trent Cole would always tell me when I would ask Trent. How in the world did you you play? If you played linebacker, inside linebacker, how in the world did you survive? You look at his tenure in terms of the amount of games he missed in his career. I think it's less than five in his entire career in a regular season. And he would always say, "Digon." He said, "When there's a pile, you keep your feet moving. You keep your head on the swivel." Ronnie used to say that too. Yes, you keep your feet moving because he said you look at a lot of the injuries; they're always around from the knees to the ankles. Yep, for guys like me, and Mm -hmm. it's so true. Now, why don't more of the players understand that? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's the principle is simple: keep the feet moving, keep your head on the swivel when there's pileups and when there's a lot of congestion. And it didn't affect his game; it never affected Trent Cole's game. But for some reason, he adapted that principle, and it worked well for him. 
And the quarterback getting some, and we see it happen a lot of times. Quarterback get an ankle rolled up. You can't see everything coming around your feet when you're trying to see what's down the field and deliver a strike. It happens. But I'm saying when you put yourself across that line of scrimmage 12, 15, 16 times a game, it's open season. Mm-hmm. It's, you, you, you're giving, and, 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 and it happens every time some young player trying to make a name for himself or some frustrated veteran because they can't get that offense off the field is going to take that extra shot, whether it's right or wrong. Going to take that extra shot at a player. It happens all the time with these with the quarterback. Now, Jalen is a beast in terms of he's not your typical quarterback because of his lower body strength, but he's also human. Every every quarterback has his kryptonite. Okay. And I'm not saying I'm just saying, going back to what Rob said, at 24 years old, I ain't taking hometown discount for nobody. Right. I don't care who I want to play for. Yes, I love Philadelphia. I love being here. I love the passion of the city, the fans. I love the locker room culture. The owners have been great to me. How much you paying me? How much you paying me? That's the bottom line. When you look at that pyramid, that's at the top of the pyramid. What are you paying me? Plain simple. Well, I I just think that Jalen – He's different from every other running quarterback because he can stay in the pocket. He can play from the pocket, and he run. He he to me he slowed down his running to when he had to run, or when he had to put the team on his back to win the game. To me, those old times, you know, he he was running, and you know, and that's just from my conversation with the offensive line and them telling me, look, if it wasn't for Jalen, I'd probably have like five or ten sacks here. Because he's so elusive in the pocket, he gets out of there when he needs to. It makes us look good, even though we messed up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And to me, that's an asset more so than it's going to be a da- uh, damning thing when you think about negotiating a contract, you know, and, and going forward. Amount, think of the amount of the times people have gotten hurt from, from a quarterback standpoint inside the pocket as opposed to being outside the court, pocket. I think you get hurt more inside the pocket than anything. Yeah, I, I think so too. But I think there are also moments where it, it, it's it's like it's this is not a cut and dry statement. It, but in other words, like uh, go back to that playoff game against the Giants. The Eagles had the game in hand, and there was that series where he ran it like four or five times. And I'm saying, what? Why? What's the point? Right. Right. That's where you just give it to the running back and, and take it out of his hands for him to keep it. I like if know. you're giving Jalen the option, he is going to look at it and say, I see this works best for me to keep it here. I'm keeping it no matter what. That's just the way he's wired, which you, you love about him. But to me, I'm as the OC, as, you know, as you know, taking over this year, Brian Johnson, I'm saying, here you go. Whoever the you know, Kenneth Gainwell, you're, you're going to carry this thing. I'm not even letting Jalen have the option in certain circumstances. I don't hey, want to take away what he yeah. is. Believe me, the essence of what he is. No, not at all. Yeah. Hey, just to give you a heads up. Uh, Marcus Hayes said he can join us at two. Okay. That's what's right, up, man. So, you working, bro. You working. Everybody keeps saying, why is Deegan always looking down? I, y'all know I'm working the phone every day doing mm-hmm. something. So all right. He said he can. So we'll see. Uh hopefully he's in a spot. He was busy till 135. I'm I'm hoping he's in a spot, stationary spot where he can join us, you know, vi- video as well as audio. Okay. So I'm just waiting. I'm waiting to get his email address so I can send it to Xander uh so we can get him on. Okay. 
All right. Sounds good. We're looking forward to that. Uh, all right. So, uh, yeah, well, look, there's a, there's a lot to, to dive into. We'll do that with Marcus. We'll get the NFL segment coming up. And we, you know, we could do a little bit of that right now, actually, since we're going to have Marcus at 2. We got Keith at 1.30. So the, the big story of the day is Derek Carr, uh, you know, ends up getting $37 million a year from the Saints with 100 of it guaranteed. So nice, you know, really nice. Uh, Tony Pollard gets franchised by the Cowboys. You had to because the window was closing at the end of today. So you had to get that in. Um, legal tampering, by the way, which essentially is the, the start of free agency, starts the 13th. So, you know, that's right around the corner. What a week from today. Official Your legal tampering agency. started January 8th. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Good point. Oh, well, um, let me ask you guys this. Then. Hold on. So... <laughs> So CJGJ, uh, we're not going to franchise them. That's what we're saying because it ends today, right? It, it ends, yeah. I mean, they could still do it today, but yeah, it, I don't. I don't feel like they're they're gonna they're gonna do that. I don't think so. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Well, that we'll means see. that means you got a problem. That man gonna mean, get yeah, paid. That means we're, we're, he won't be an eagle. I don't. I don't. Th- I used to think he and Hargrave were both going to be Eagles. I don't think that now. Yeah. Although he is at the top of their their, their wish list to get back here, mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. enfranchise him, the mm, numbers are going up. Yep. Yeah, they are. Yep. Yeah, they are. Um, all right. So the the Titans are shopping, according to Mike Silver, uh, are are shopping uh, Derrick Henry. The uh, Rams are shopping. Allen Robinson. The Raiders are franchise tagging Josh Jacobs. We're, we're talking about some big names here. Eric yep. Kendricks has been released. Yep. Uh, Leonard Floyd has been released. There's some there's some dudes hitting the uh, hitting the market here, guys. <laughs> that, that can help you. Even uh, though some of them are a little bit older, but still, I know then, the Eagles then, aren't going to be in a position to grab them. I'm just saying there are going to be some names out there. Well, b- b- hold your breath because a, a few of them may not get that big free agent offer which means their numbers start to drop. After that first week of free agency, their numbers start to drop. I mean, I, I can't. we can't say it enough. Did we ever think they would able to be able to pull off some of the moves they made last offseason in May, nope. July, August, exactly. October? Exactly. Very you true. Know, so yeah. some teams, because of cap restraints, just can't afford to pay certain players, which exactly. opens the door for players who want to – uh, who, who are looking for those long-term deals have to settle for a prove-it deal. And as we know, those prove-it deals are a whole lot cheaper than trying to sign a guy to a three to a three-year deal with guaranteed money up front. And that's why I said that Howie Roseman at this point um, has more to, to, to work with this year because, he, he yes, he's going to pay Jalen this year. But his his cap value won't be get accelerated until 2024. Mm-hmm. So he's got plenty of room on the 2023 year calendar year to maneuver and get guys here. You know what I'm saying? There's still a lot of money going to be on the cap. The only thing is he'll get a signing bonus because it's an extension that he's signing. So he's going to play under his deal right now. His deal right now, I think he's going to make for next year is like $4 million, something like that. Yeah, four and a half. Four and a half million dollars. So that'll be his cap value. If he gets a signing bonus, then it'll be, that'll be, you know, cut up over the next couple of years and it won't all that won't ex- get accelerated to this mm-hmm. to this very year. So there's still a lot of money that they they can work with this year. They will be enough under the cap that they can sign who they want to sign. But it's just about when you go to the Super Bowl, you might be a 10 million dollar guy 
if you just make it, you know, just mm-hmm. play the preseason. But once you go to the Super Bowl, that ten million dollar goes to six, seven million dollars more. Yep, you go from ten to seventeen because everybody wants that toy that they just used. You know, what I'm saying they want the new and improved toy to put on their team. They want to know what it made him grow so great. We're gonna put him on our team so he can make our guys great. Which which will make it that much more difficult for the Eagles to re-sign a number of their guys. Exactly. It'll exactly. make it a whole lot more difficult because of that. Just the fact that, like Barrett said, they got to that Super Bowl, even though they didn't win it. There's a whole lot. You don't you you you're telling me that teams weren't sitting back and just watching that defense perform, not the Super Bowl, because that that Super Bowl, the entire defense was out of character the last 30 minutes of the game. Yeah, but you look at the body of work over a seventeen game schedule, and there's GMs and scouts and front people sitting there check mark. Oh, we need him. We need this kind of guy right here. Mm-hmm. And how much do we got under the cap? Oh yeah, we. Oh, he would make a big difference on the back end of our defense, in the corner of our defense, in the middle of our defense. Exactly. You know, and and uh, to, you know, to, to answer uh, Mr. Rudy Poo's uh, question, I think we. <laughs> Rudy Poo. I think we start hearing it real soon. Yeah, you're right. I think I think it's going to start happening with Slay. Absolutely. I think it's going to start happening with some other guys. Lane Johnson again. Who are the heavy hitters? (laughs) Because Lane's always. I'll do it. Lane's always open because he knows he's getting it one way or the other. Right. Right. You know, smart. Lane. uh, Who else is the guy that they're probably going to restructure? They're probably going to try to restructure Hassan Reddick also. I don't know. He's not making that much power for the production he gave. Right. He's no. He's not. Not at all. Not at um, all. Um, will they try to restructure AJ so soon? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oof, and you get you get that money, man. I mean, they're thinking about when you get that, you get accelerated. You get you get more of that money up front. Yeah, you get it. So they're giving you a signing bonus because signing bonus can get you know transferred throughout the rest of that deal. Right. Exactly. So yeah. if they give you if if, if you if you he's making a hundred million dollars. All right, let's say he made $20 million last year. He still owed $80 million. So what they'll do is give him a $10 million signing bonus. That way he, you know, he'll only play for $10 million this year. And then he had $10 million signing bonus, but that's $10 million be two here, two here, two million here. Yeah. It'll be pressed out instead of having the whole entire cap value given to you right then and there. But you need the other thing, the other like take away from some of the stuff that's happening today, like Allen Robinson, you know, wanting to be traded and they, they're going to have to eat like half of what he still owed. You know, the Eagles were interested in him. Yep. By not being able to get that deal done, they ended up in turn trading to get AJ Brown. And we always talk about this, the deals you don't make. Right. Russell Wilson, right. Great <laughs> example. Um, you know, uh, Deshaun Watson. And it turns out that Jalen, <laughs> you have the guy right here. You know, you could have had any of those guys instead of AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts. Wow. You know? Wow. Remember remember um when when um we went out, we needed a safety and we went to get that safety uh Yeah, during Chips time. Yeah. Uh, uh TJ Ward, right? Yeah. Was he one of them? Uh what Bird was one of them. It, yeah, yeah. And 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 I'm so glad we didn't get Bird. He never played out. We get Malcolm. Yeah. Everybody's like Malcolm. Why did we get Malcolm? Look what ended up happening to him. Mm-hmm. The deals you don't get and you don't receive. That's <laughs> yeah, wow, and it's also crazy. knowing how to pivot off of okay, that's not going to happen. So what are we like? What's Plan B or C? And then when you once you go to those Plan Bs and Cs, you better hit them. And, and the Eagles, you know, fortunately, it's worked out for them. They you absolutely know? have. Uh, 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 
Simoleon says, you know, Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley was another guy that they had interest in. That's and, right. And then this is where I will give the Falcons credit. If you guys remember, the Falcons were like, you can't do anything with you right now. Just yep. trust us on that. They they didn't screw the Eagles over, which they could have. And that maybe this really would have looked into it. If they, yeah, if they did. But they, I thought they handled that in, in a good way. So, all right, last thing I want to hit before we get a timeout, we talked to Keith Pompey. Um, we had the combine just come to a conclu- conclusion yesterday. Andrew Voorhees, who's a top 100 prospect offensive lineman out of USC, tore mm-hmm. Nate. To his credit, he still stuck in there and, and did did some uh, what do you do at 38 reps, 38 reps of yep. 225 pounds with one leg. He was doing that. Uh, tough dude, right? Tough dude. But this also begs the question: Are these guys, you know, other than the ones who are going to be late projected later round picks, who would you could get yourself on the map more? If you're a top 100 prospect, or should you even step foot and do any of this kind of stuff? At the combine, and his and his says no. I mean, yeah, I mean, this kid got screwed. Well, look at look at the kid last year, two years ago, that uh, in his in his workouts at school at Michigan, he's out there working out, blew his knee out. Yep, and they just moved the drill down. They didn't really even help him. Nobody even came out there to help him. They moved the drill out the way, mm-hmm. and kept on going with the drills. Yeah, I'm like, come on, are you? Kidding? Yeah, cold. That's just cold, man. You're the jocks, the helmets, and the shoulder pads. You are a commodity, buy, sell, trade. Yep. That's right. exactly what NFL right. players are. Not, not, there's no human element there. It's, no. That's just what it no. is. Yeah. And that's the job description you accept for that one moment in glory of achieving your dream to do something very few to do, become a part of a fratern- an elite fraternity. If you're only one of 1,700 players, when you think about all the college players out there who dream of playing in the National Football League and only 700, 1,700 are afforded that opportunity, you do what you have to do to get there. And, and I hate to see that happen to any player because the, the, fact, that, the fact that this kid still did 38 reps at 225 on one leg, somebody's going to draft him because that dude's a beast. That dude is a flat-out beast to do that. Who does that? <laughs> you, you tear your ACL and you still show up the next day hopping up and doing bench presses for him. Yeah. Who, who does that? I hear you, bro. Hear you. He, he will, he will be remembered forever. They will yeah. remember his name forever. All right, let's step aside. Let's come back. Let's talk to Keith Pompey from the Philadelphia Inquirer. We'll get the latest on what's going on with the Sixers. Huge win Saturday. Some injuries to be dealing with all kinds of stuff. We'll do that with Keith. When we come back, don't go anywhere. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I'm going to tell you about Flynn Tree Services right now. They are an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. They are experts trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. They specialize in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. You can go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848, or online at flynntreeservices.com. That's flynntreeservices.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery 
Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Hi, everybody. My name's Jason. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online master's of social work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, owner appreciation event. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust.
back with Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis. Always, always thrilled to have our next guest. Does an excellent job covering the Sixers for the Philadelphia Inquirer. You could follow him on Twitter, at Pompeii on oh, Sixers. Our guy, Keith Pompey. What's happening, Keith? What's up, fellas? How y'all doing? What's going on, man? Keith, we're, we're good, man. We're trying to figure this out. We're trying to figure out. No, I ain't lose- trying to figure it out no more. No, I'm not. I'm <laughs> lose not. to Keith, Boston. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell you the truth, I'm man. done. No, I'm not. No. Lose uh, to Miami. <laughs> Go to Miami without Embiid. Win. Lose to Dallas when you can't stop me. And then and then win Saturday without Tobias, without P.J. Tucker. Like, it, was that not the most sixer week we've, we've ever seen, Keith, this past yeah. week? I mean, it, it was, and it's funny because how the people go up, like, oh, they they stink, and then like, oh, they're great, they're great, they're great. It's like from game to game. So the way things are happening, they, it looks like they may lose tonight, right? That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Right. Yeah. Keith, I, I turned around and I, I told these guys, I said, you guys, look, you can bank on this. They're going to win the next three games, not because there's, there's, there's a, a, a rhyme or reason around it, but that's just what they do. And what do they do? Lose, win, and they're about to lose again just because I said they were going to win. <laughs> no round reason why. They could be the better team, and they'll stink the whole place up. Then there's no way they should be able to compete with a Milwaukee team that shoots the way they shoot, and they end up winning. Yeah, what harder am I going to get? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What harder am I going to get? I'm going to get the 30-point harder or the 20-point harder. Uh we don't need people, and then we bring, you know, we sit people down, and they go out winning for for the Gipper. I'm like, what is this play? What is what's going on, man? You tell me. I mean, it's just the Sixers' way. I mean, I, you know, it, it's been this way since they stopped tanking. I mean, I mean, even Brett Brown. I mean, you look at it. I mean, the one thing that a lot of people don't understand is that the 76ers, like at least heading into the All Star break, right? They've had the they had the winningest record of teams heading into the all-star break in, in each of the last four years, or, or let me take that back. Uh, they're one of, they're one of a few teams that have over a 60% percentage. Now, when you look at the, the last couple of years of the regular season, like the Sixers, I have had the most have, have had the winning, the best record over the last couple of years in the regular season combined. But the problem with all that is all great, but they keep, losing in the second round so i think that what we do is a lot of people they they get caught up in these regular season games and they get so hyped up and then when they lose it's like a, a heart attack but the problem is is one of those things they got to show us what they can do in the playoffs because all this stuff is good but it beating milwaukee doesn't mean anything if you can't get out of the second round this year. As as crazy as this season has been, the one constant with this team that we see more evident, especially over the past week is why in this world, in the world, can this team not defend the perimeter better than they do? I don't understand it. You look at Milwaukee and Boston, they have two and three men out on the perimeter and they dare you. They dare you to try to go inside on them. This team cannot defend in the perimeter to save their lives. I don't – I just can't figure – and they're supposed to be a good defensive team. I don't yeah. get it. I think a lot of it has to do with is um, losing Matisse Thibel. And the reason why I'm going to say that is because there was a point where when when they when they get – they get in that zone defense, right, against the perimeter, and you had Matisse and you had um, DeAnthony Melton, and then you had Joel, like, anchoring things, so to speak. But I think that – it, 
with Matisse being there, it, it kind of uh, erased some of the deficiencies that other guys had. I had now thought about you, that. You take yeah. him out of the mix, and then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, they look, they, they went back to looking like the team who struggled in the beginning of the season before Doc Rivers started playing them in the perimeter. So I, I think that's a, a huge loss for them. Now, again, I'm not taking anything against the guy that they brought in, Jalen McDaniels. I think he's playing well. But I think for perimeter defense, it's kind of like losing Matisse is is something that mm. um, is hurting them right now. Yeah, Keith, and I think the other challenge that Doc has is uh, with Maxie and Harden starting, you know, you don't defend well uh, at the guard spot. And then Melton, much better defender, but, man, he struggles offensively, and, and, and especially lately. So it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't to some degree. Yeah, you're exactly right. And also, he's been struggling on the defensive end, too, yeah. against when, you know, like, you know, he's he at one point he was leading the league, second in the, second in the league and, and steals. But then he started going up against some elite guards night in and night out, and he struggled. And you're right, like shooting the ball. And the one thing to knock on Melton has always been this time of year in the playoffs, he struggles. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like – that the, as long as the, like the 82 game season and the postseason, but that has always been a knock. And part of the reason why um, Memphis wanted to trade him is because he struggles this time of the year and he struggles in the playoffs as far as like making shots and everything like that. Hey Keith, is it safe to say, can we stop this? Uh, is Maxi better off the bench or is he in his role off the bench or as a starter? I look at his last three games, 27, 29, 26 points, 38, 35, 41 minutes. He's shooting a minimum 57%. He shot 66.7% on the floor against Milwaukee. I think you need that energizer bunny back in that starting lineup. I, I, I you, you cover the team more than I do. So I'm yeah. just going on your expertise. You know what? I'm one of those guys, and, and I, I think that he is a starter um, in this league. Um, but I also wrote that I felt like um, it was better bringing him off the bench. And and, okay. and the reason why I say that is because, you know, when we looked at that Dallas Mavericks game and we saw how these guys were just abusing him and Harden, you know, I feel like in the playoffs, that's going to be the ingredient for teams to beat them. Um, again, offensively, he gets a lot of buckets. He gets a lot of points. Um, but but I also feel like they need someone in that lineup or they need even if it's even if it's if you keep them in there, I think you need somebody in there who can guard the perimeter because yeah. that's what's going to kill them. Now, again, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's one of those things It's not a knock against him. Um, but right now you're not getting that defense from DeAnthony Melton that you would have liked. So I guess you figure like, well, look, if I'm a, if I'm a die on a sword, I'm a die on a sword. I'm gonna go down with it. So he's in there, but I don't think that. And I, you know, I hope I'm not hating people, but I, I just don't think that that backcourt uh, of those two, without having somebody else in there to help them out, is, is going to be able to sustain the Boston Celtics. All these other guys, they're just going to rain threes and they're going to attack them left and right in the playoffs. Mm. So I, I so I, I don't quite understand it because I, I'm, I'm a simple basketball dude. I don't know all the, you know, the NBA, you know, dynamics and everything. But if you're not a good perimeter defender, that means you're not out there on the perimeter. That means you're kind of towards the basket. So why the hell can't we rebound in? If we're not out <laughs> defending outside, that means we're inside and we're not defending inside. What's the – 
why aren't we rebounding? We're long, we're big, you know, Tobias Harris and B, you know, we have guys with a little, you know, length on us and we're not re- I, to me, rebounders is just want to <laughs> heart. Am I wrong to say that? So why can't we rebound? I, I don't know. I mean, tell me. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're right. It's, it's, um, it's want to his heart, but I also think it's a little bit more complicated too, because if you notice something, when you look at their defense, because of they have these two guys who aren't really good perimeter defenders, what they try to do is they try to do a lot of switching, right? So what's happening is you got the bigs rolling up, like, you know, running out and, and trying. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They do that on, a lot, yes. On, you know, trying to get their hands up on shooters and things like that. And it, it always looks like they're a step too slow, right? Yep. So maybe you might say, forget that. Let's just let them shoot it and you get the board. Mm-hmm. But but I, I think that has something to do with it. But, but you are right. A lot of it does have to do with their want to. Because there was one game where, let's face it, Joel Embiid was a beast on the boards, and he showed us stuff that we don't see all the time. I mean, his shot wasn't falling in that one particular game, and then all of a sudden it, it, he was like, forget that. I, I believe it was against Memphis. He was, was like, forget that. He yeah. says, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to make a killing on the boards. The problem is they don't bring that all the time. A lot of them, they mm-hmm. just don't. And, and you know, I know today's NBA is all about – getting back on D, stopping the transition. But it just seems like they're struggling in that category, and it would benefit them to get in the rebounds. Yeah, and, that, and, and that's the thing with Joel. Like, by nature of being seven foot two, whatever, he, he gets some rebounds. He's not a technician, Keith. I mean, he, he never blocks out, rarely ever. And it's just, it's just by circumstance it sort of comes. He had six the other night, as great as he was and Harden was. Yeah, I think he had six rebounds against Milwaukee. Like, that can't happen, man. He's got to be in double digits. So he, he's got to take some responsibility here, here too. But let, let's talk about Harden. Um, remarkable game, right? And has had a damn good year for, for, for all the all the people who want to kind of take shots at him. And I, I know everybody hears the Houston stuff, and you're like, what? why is that even a possibility? But, you know, what do you think ends up happening here with him ultimately? Is he back? He can opt out of this deal, at, you know, at the end of the season. You know, I, I think, um, yeah, he can opt out of this deal. I, if, if I'm the 76ers, and, and I know they money could be an issue, but if I'm the 76ers, I'm doing whatever I can to keep him. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the thing is, now, who knows? I guess the years could be the holdup. How many seasons do you want to give him? But I feel like, you know, right now, a lot of people are looking at what Brooklyn is doing with Ben Simmons and saying, oh, the Sixers won the trade. Oh, yeah, they're great. If Harden leaves, they won the trade. Nah, they got Harden. It was championship or bust. And if you and if Harden leaves, especially if this team goes out in the second round, then you know you lost the trade too. I mean, not lost it, but no, there was no winner. There wasn't a winner. So I feel like if I'm the 76ers, in order, I got to keep this thing intact. I mean, I do. I have to keep Harden, and I have to keep um, you know MB because I feel like if Harden leaves, and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, you hear like Tobias Harris will be in the final year of his deal. I'm afraid that Embiid will probably say, look, I got to go to unless depending on who they bring in. And then all of a sudden we're not the process, but we're going to another rebuilding phase in Philadelphia. So I think you need to keep Harden because you gave up so much for him. Keith, let's go back to Embiid for just a moment. And I brought this up earlier in the show and you tell me, cause you have inside track. Is there more to this foot thing than 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 the eye is is seeing? Because there was one play in particular against the Bucks. Brooke Lopez drops it, blocks his shot, 
And they're both the same size, about the same weight. Seven footers, 270, 80 pounds. Lopez lumbering down the court. He pulls up and hits a three from the top of the key. Joel still jogging down the floor. I don't even think he was at half court when, when Lopez launched the three. Is it more to him in terms of maybe just physical stamina, worn out, just, you know, foot issue? How, how do you perceive it? Now, I do think that the foot is bothering him more so than he will tell us. Uh, and they're admitting to it because if you notice, there are times once or twice a game where all of a sudden he'll he'll come down and then you'll see him grimace and then he'll rub it or something like that and he mm-hmm. acts like you know um, like like he'll, he'll act like uh, you know everything is okay later. Mm-hmm. But that one thing is, I think some of it, some plays is like effort too, right? I mean, yeah. yep. you know, I hate to say it, it's been since Joel's been this is what like Joel's eighth season actually playing. And how many times games have we seen where we say, hey, what happened? How come he didn't get back on D? You know what I mean? So I, I, as much as and, – and here's something else. I will say this about it. If you if, if you pay attention, Brooke Lopez has been doing that to him for yeah. years. True. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? For years. It's always you see Joel Embiid underneath the basket looking around, and then all of a sudden Brooke catches the ball in a corner three or, or whatever. So, you know, I, I think – Yes, his foot is bothering him, but on some of those plays, he has to up up the effort. I mean, if we mm. want to be real. So, uh, go ahead, Rob. No, Barry, you go. You go. I, I'm so I'm I'm looking at this team, and I see the ability to be very very good, but then I look at the rest of the East, and they're better. So we keep saying, "All right, make it out of the second out of the second round." When at this point, I don't think it's very feasible because everybody else got better with their perimeter shooting and we didn't. So how are we going to make it to the third round of the playoffs when we didn't improve what we haven't been improved in in the past four or five years, and that's outside shooting? Yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I think it's going to be tough. I mean, like when we look at – you look at the buyout market or you look at the uh, the trade deadline and, and you saw what the 76ers did – you know, they went out there and they got Jalen McDaniels and, and they went out there and got Dwayne Detman. But then you look at Boston, it's kind of like they went out there and, and they, let's grant it, Mike Muscala, you're going to say to yourself, you know, Mike Muscala isn't the missing piece to a championship. But when you have a team with a bunch of athletic guys and, and bruisers and this and that, then you have a Mike Muscala who could come in there and, like you say, be someone who can stretch the floor. Not going to play a, little, a lot of minutes, but he's going to stretch the floor. You look at what the Milwaukee Bucks did. I mean, mm-hmm. the latest pickup was the guy, Goran Dragic, right? Yeah. So he's a point guard that's going to help him out. You know, Jay Crowder is coming off the bench, but he's a starter-level player in this league. I mean, I looked at that team the last time the Buck, when the Bucks played the Sixers. People don't realize this. They have three seven-footers on their team, yeah. and then Bobby Porters, who's their sixth man, is 6'11", and then they go 6'9". So they have everything. And when you look at the Sixers, let's get back to them. You look at them. You know, Dwayne Detman has been active for two games and hasn't played yet, Mm -hmm. right? So, and then you look at um, McDaniels, a a complimentary piece, but at the same time, he doesn't move the needle in regards to those other teams we just mentioned. So, you know, I look at it like, yeah, they made additions, but their additions do not compared to the other teams, like how they got guys who fit in perfectly for them. And and I just don't see it. I mean, 
We look look at look at Toronto. Toronto went out there and got Will Barton, right? Um, the Phoenix Suns picked up Terrence Ross. I mean, those are two guys who would have helped the 76ers out a lot from that category you're talking about. You know, stretch getting five, I mean, stretch four, stretch yeah, threes. Yeah, exactly. But, they don't have that. They did not get that. But you you got guys at the end of the bench like Furkan Korkmaz who is not going to play. You have Jaden Springer still down in the, in the, in the G League while these other teams brought in these veteran players who are in their rotation right now playing. Keith, any of the teams behind them legitimately worry you? Cleveland, the Knicks all of a sudden. You know, and they do it last night in Boston without Brunson. They've won nine of ten, nine in a row. Uh, you know, the Nets, it's a nice story for, for what Michael Bridges is doing, but I'm – I'm not real fearful of them. You're adding Quinn Snyder to the Hawks. Does anybody scare you behind them? I mean, I want to say Cleveland and, 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 and the Knicks. Now, the thing about the Nets that I will say about it, it's one of those nice stories and everybody keeps talking about it and we keep waiting for them to fall off the cliff. But you also got to pay attention to them just in case they don't fall off the cliff. Now, again, I'm with you. Like, I'm not like I'm not to that stage yet. You know what I mean? To say they're going to do anything. But 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 I also think that. When you look at the Cleveland um, Cavaliers, they're a young team, uh, and we know if everything goes right, Joel and B should just dominate and be able to get four wins out of that series, right, because of his domination. But the thing is, if you notice, the 76ers struggle a lot against young athletic guards, especially good young athletic guards. Yeah. That's when Maxi's speed becomes neutralized. That's when these guys have swag and, and stuff like that. So if I'm the Sixers, I do not like that match. Now, again, I think they can win that one, but I don't like it. There's something about the Knicks right now is yep. just, they're that dangerous team. Yep. They're, they're just winning. Like, you know, I'm watching these games, and you, you think, like, okay, there's no way they're going to win this thing, and voila, they come out there and they, and they, and they steal another one. So both of those teams really, um, if I'm the Sixers, I'm a little uh, concerned a little bit because, you know, again, as much as good as good as James is, we're talking about James is 30, what, three? Yep. You know, Tobias is in his 30s. P.J. Tucker is 37. You know, so they're like hey. older team. They're an older team. And, and then, you know, let's talk. Um, uh, They just picked up Dwayne Detman, 33. Like they have an older team now. And a lot of these teams are young. The pressure is going to be on the Sixers. It's not going to be on those teams. So yeah, they they those are two teams that really concern me, Cleveland and the Knicks. Mm, so I was thinking, you know, we go ahead and, and just go ahead and you know just think about those teams as being all right. We're more experienced than they are. We're gonna win just because of who we are. But it's not like that. They're running all over us right now. I mean, like you know, and I, and I I keep trying to I keep hate bringing you up, but but you played professional sports at an, at a high level, right? And you guys covered professional sports at a high level. You ever, you know how there's always that young dude that comes in the locker room or you see and you and you say to yourself, like, man, this guy, come on, man. Like, you know, you kind of disrespecting the veteran. You're disrespecting the veteran and you, you think that he's going to get smacked in the mouth. And that confidence and that youth that that guy has. And all of a sudden, at the end of the season, people are shaking his hand saying he's going to be the next one. I look at the Knicks and I look at especially Cleveland. They have a lot of these young guys where we look at like, 
yo, y'all can't come into Philly and play Harden. Like, you know, Harden's like one of the all-time greats. And then next thing you know, these dudes are trying to posterize Harden, trying to get over on like – That's why he's trying to go to Houston? Huh? Is that why he's trying to get to Houston? (laughs) (laughs) But I I just think that a lot of times we always look at these young cats and say like, nah, the veteran will get them. But nah, father time is something different. Is when it's not – when you lose a step and you got these young dudes hungry trying to make a name of themselves playing you, that's a dangerous uh, combination. So, Keith, uh, you, the, uh, real quick, you look at it tonight. You got a back-to-back. You play tonight and then uh, Minnesota. Will we see either Embiid or Harden sit in either of these games? Because I know there's a lot of questions right now with Tobias and P.J. playing as well. Where does any of that stuff stand? You know, I, I think – well, the one thing is I would – like, here I am going to say it, but I would be shocked if P.J. plays. I mean, I know he's listed as questionable, but I was talking to him this afternoon. He was basically saying – you know, it's one of those things. You, it's like all about feel. This is my back. He's saying, I'm going to give it a go, but if it doesn't feel right, I'm not going to play. But the one thing now, the one thing that really hit me was when he said, you know, they were going to give me some load management days anyway. So maybe this could be a blessing, right? Okay. So when you hear that, it's kind of like, well, does it make sense to play him? Now, when you talk about him not playing and you talk about Tobias being questionable, Right. I don't know if you can sit Harden or Embiid in tonight's game. Yeah. Because to me, that's basically one of those, okay, we it is a scheduled loss. Like you know, going Oh, don't say that. Don't say that's when it becomes a scheduled. Yeah, that's the favorite the term for the fans when they hear yeah, that. One. So yeah. I don't I don't think I don't I think maybe before all this stuff happened, we it would have been a great chance to rest one of the two. Right. But I, I think right about now, if, if you're really trying to win, they both need to play, and then you just give them the two days off in between games and don't practice them on Thursday, but just give them the two days off because I think you really – they got 19 games left in the season, and I think it's a tough, grueling schedule. These are one of the games, especially tonight against Indiana, that they have no excuse for losing. So you need to go out there and get it. Keith, do you agree or disagree with this? Outside of the big three in the East, Boston, Milwaukee, and the 76ers, and you you kept alluding to Cleveland, and rightfully so. I think as we sit here right now, I think the Knicks are the most dangerous team in terms of upsetting the apple cart. And I think they sent a message by beating Boston twice in the span of just six days. They took Boston to double overtime and beat them on their own floor last night. And I'm looking at this Knicks team, their rotation, their athleticism, and I think this Knicks team is a team that – those in front better start looking over their shoulder at a little bit more seriously. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I mean, and if you notice, the funny part about this Knicks team, because they got a lot of guys that we, like, they don't have, like, the big names, so to speak. Yep. But yep. they had a lot of injuries early on. Like, when yep. the team, they were playing the Sixers and other teams, they had key guys out. It wasn't Brunson. You know, it wasn't Julius Randle. But they had other key guys out mm-hmm. to where people were like, oh, they beat the Knicks. They're sorry. But then you're like, but, dude, the half the squad didn't play. Um, but, yeah, I, I do feel that way. I mean, I do. And and I think a lot of it – I know Julius Randle is the all-star. But when you look at their success, a lot of it is what Jalen Brunson, yep. the things mm-hmm. he brings here. And mm-hmm. then you brought Josh Hart in the, in the, into, the, into, the, um, into the realm as well. And he brings that defense. He's a, a quality player. I, I think that that is a dangerous team right now. You know, now – I do think the Milwaukee Bucks are the best team, 
But if but if I'm Boston and I'm the Sixers, um, I'm like I don't want to play the Knicks in the first round. I just don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they, a, huh? They're kind of like um the way I looked at at the Celtics last year. The Celtics yeah. start out, you know, really, really not playing together. And then towards the end of the season, they just caught fire and became the best team in the East, you know. So kind of like that, man. I I just see us staying status quo. And if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. And I thought we just maintained instead of trying to get better. Yeah. Well, interesting, agree. interesting thought there. Keith, listen, man, appreciate mm-hmm. you. Uh, thanks for, for Always, having bro. all this. Yeah, and and keep you, up bro. the great work. I tell everybody all the time, man, check out Keith's work at uh, at Pompeii on Sixers. And, of course, uh, philipinquire.com, Sixers beat writer. Keith, thanks, man. Enjoy appreciate tonight. We'll you, talk to you soon. Thank you, man. Be right, good. Take care. That's Keith Pompey. All right, let's get one in here, guys. Uh, we'll come back and we'll be joined by Marcus Hayes. We'll talk about his story of the conflict here the 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 initial story was the nard wilson and the eagles it was a parting of ways mutually marcus is not so fast so we'll talk about that when we come back Derek gunn barrett brooks rob ellis we're sports take jacob sports youtube network we're going to talk right now about razor technology yes it infrastructure management is key it infrastructure environments are more complex and heterogeneous than ever before consequently Teams struggle to respond to pressing issues with the speed necessary to promote positive business results. And the data that empowers predictive monitoring and automation is left unexploited. Razor technology addresses this challenge with a holistic approach that connects every part of an organization's technology assets, enabling proactive and secure IT operations without sacrificing the agility that drives innovation. Razor Technology automates monitoring and management to bolster IT teams that are feeling stretched thin. And it improves auditing and reporting procedures so that actionable insights find their way to the leaders that need them most. Save time and money on your IT and cloud services and secure your organization with leading end-to-end infrastructure solutions by calling Razor Technology today at 866-797-3282. 797-3282 or visit them online at razor-tech.com. That's razor-tech.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Jeff 
Dante Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Monday. Hope you're doing well. That's Eric Gunn. That's Barrett Brooks. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Kind enough to hop on on very short notice. Uh, he has got a uh, very, very compelling piece today on the Philadelphia Inquirer uh, regarding the whole Denard Wilson situation uh, and the Eagles. Was it a parting of the ways done mutually? Was it not? Marcus Hayes joins us from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Marcus, how are you? I'm well. How are you guys doing? Good, We're man. Doing great. We're doing great, man. And, and watch that got, curve. No, just kidding. Just I, kidding. I got a question. Yes. A, is that a goatee, Garrett Barrett? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's supposed to be a beard, but it's just not growing out. I want to hear on the sides as much. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. <laughs> I love it. I love it. My, my theory is if you can't get it here, take it here. Ouch. Right. <laughs> he, he's going to do the Lou Albano thing with the rubber band, right. you know, right in the middle. Awesome. Remember, remember, Captain right. Lou back in the hey, day. The bad part is that my hairline, I cut it, and my hairline will grow all the way down here. I have a whole full head of hair, and I cut it anyways. So. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> he's smiting the hair guys. You don't have to worry about the helmet. Yeah, I know, man. I, I don't know why I do it, man. Let so. it grow, man. Let it grow out. We're going to make that happen. Marcus, interesting piece today. You know, we, we initially, uh, I guess it was maybe yesterday uh, early, uh, the word came down, you know, from the Eagles that Denard Wilson and the Eagles, they're parting ways. It's mutual, you know, go see other people and let's be happy and all that good stuff. But you contend uh, that this wasn't a p- mutual parting of the ways. This was very much Nick Sirianni saying, there's the door, Denard. It's time to move on. Can you just expand a little for people maybe to get a chance yet to, to see your story? And by the way, they can follow Marcus at Wretch on Twitter and, of course, the Philadelphia Inquirer and Inquirer.com. But go ahead, Marcus. So when Nick didn't endorse Denard at the Combine, I started making some phone calls and texts, and I got some responses saying, you know, we haven't heard anything. It, it seems like, you know, he's just going to let Sean decide the new defensive 
coordinator sort of decide what the titles are going to be. Because if you remember, Denard not only was the defensive backs coach, he was the defensive pass game coordinator. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of responsibility. That's what Kevin Petullo does for the offense, right? And he was a coordinator candidate not only here but other places as well. So I sort of put feelers out there because he wasn't ta- Nick was not talking about Denard as a slam dunk guy to come back. So I didn't really think anything about it. So a few days passed, and then Saturday, I want to say Saturday at some point, I started getting responses like Denard is sort of fishing around for putting out feelers for jobs. And um, so I did some research with some people who aren't in the organization but are pretty well connected. I mean, I've covered the team for 28 years now. Like, you know, Derek, if you're around, yeah. you're just going to meet people, and people yeah. are going to be – and, you know, nobody gossips – only baseball people gossip more than football people. So um, <laughs> by Saturday evening, by, you know, late Saturday night, I was pretty sure he was gone. And it made no sense that he would be on board with leaving at this stage. You don't, you don't, you don't walk away from a job with a Super Bowl team in March. If you're going to mutually part ways, if you're, if you're not satisfied with your situation, you do that stuff in February. Mm-hmm. So you can go to the Combine and get another job. So you can go to, you know... The, you, you can you can prepare yourself better because most of the really good defensive jobs are, are gone, you know. So the other thing that kind of surprised me is that when Gannon, when Jonathan Gannon went to Arizona, he didn't take Denard Wilson with him, which implied to me that Denard Wilson had a really good shot at becoming the defensive coordinator in Philadelphia because my perhaps incorrect perception was that he and Denard were simpatico and I think at one point Jonathan Gannon called him like his right-hand man. You know what I mean? And they're both defensive backs coaches, both former defensive backs. And then when he didn't go there as the as the defensive coordinator, that kind of put my antenna up as well. So by, I want to say, Sunday afternoon, I knew he'd been fired. I knew that they'd had a meeting I don't know exactly when the meeting was, maybe Friday, maybe Saturday. It didn't go well, but Denard had told Nick and I guess maybe Desai that he wanted to stay and he wouldn't cause problems and he wasn't going to be a thorn because he's, he's done a lot of work with this team. You know, I mean, it, just, just getting Reed Blankenship to a place where he could start four or five games and play the Super Bowl, that's some really excellent coaching. And dealing with C.J. Gardner-Johnson, I mean, the defensive captains had a meeting when C.J. Gardner-Johnson came aboard and said that the, the way that you've done things in the past in New Orleans is not the way we do things here. And Denard Wilson was in charge of that. Denard Wilson was the person who defused the Darius Slay-Josiah Scott situation. When Darius, Darius Slay threw Josiah Scott under the bus after the Dallas game, by Monday, that was squashed. I think it was a Saturday game. When they went to the meeting room, Der, uh, Denard Wilson made sure that that was squashed. So these are valuable traits that Denard Wilson has shown. And Darius Slay and C.J. Gardner-Johnson both campaigned to have Denard Wilson get the defensive coordinator job, right? So you, I, I just figured, incorrectly clearly, that in order to keep the, the team cohesive and keep continuity with the coaching, as far as the staff goes, 
that Denard Wilson was not only safe, but he was prized. You know what I mean? And in Nick Sirianni's non-endorsement of Denard Wilson, he praised Denard Wilson. But he's never going to not praise a guy who's still on his staff. And this was at the Combine. So all that said, by Sunday evening, when Ian Rappaport broke it on Twitter, I knew kind of what the I couldn't I couldn't get it confirmed. I mean, one of the things the Eagles have done, and Derek, you're a really good reporter as far as you know getting stuff from the Eagles. Uh, even though you know over the last 20, 25 years, you've gotten a lot of stuff, and I don't know if you agree with this, but they've become very, very, uh, very, very insular. It's hard to get anything out of them. I agree. The, the people that are there now especially yep. over the last three years. Yep. Um, so it's hard to get stuff like that confirmed. So once he was – but once it was um, out in social media that he wasn't coming back, it was very easy for me to get it confirmed that it wasn't a mutual agreement. Um, and it, to, to posit that it's a mutual agreement for Denard Wilson to leave a place where he is a pass game coordinator and a defensive backs coach on a Super Bowl team – whose personnel is returning, you know, by and large, is, is kind of an insult to your intelligence. There's no mm. reason, there's no way he would leave that job voluntarily. Marcus, let me ask you this, because as you know, anytime you get to a Super Bowl, whether you win it or lose it, other teams are circling like buzzers, ready to pick your carcass clean in terms of coaches and players as well during the offseason. But the volume of coaches that they've lost this offseason, coupled with the volume of frontline players they could lose in free agency, what is your concern level that this defense as a whole might have to take two steps back to get two steps ahead, maybe a little bit further down the road in the future than we anticipate? Well, I know podcasts and radio shows hate long, involved answers. So you're not going to like this answer. (laughs) The level of concern is really high, but I wrote when Gannon got the job in Arizona, whether you like Gannon's scheme or not, I believe that he was a much bigger loss for them than Shane Steichen, who got the job in Indianapolis. Okay. In part because he he ran the team – that, that side of the team. He was the defensive coordinator. Nick was more an offensive guy. And I know Nick has cast himself as being more involved with, um, I don't know, the, the, the game plan defensively. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what I've been able to glean, especially at the Super Bowl, you have a lot of off-the-record conversations at the Super Bowl, and I hope I'm not diming anybody out here, but Nick was not involved with the defensive scheme. He wasn't involved with the calls. He wasn't in call. He never vetoed anything on the headset, all that sort of stuff. He talked about when he stepped back from play calling after game seven of 2021. Um, and that's not to impugn Nick. My point being, Gannon was the defense. And good, bad, or indifferent, it was the number two defense, had 70 sacks, the third most ever, and the number one pass defense. And he's a defensive backs coach, right? So you figure, okay, you're losing – that element you're losing a defensive backs coach and a defensive coordinator in him then he takes the linebackers coach rallis with him now i think we agreed the linebackers were no great great shakes but they were still the number two defense and now you've lost the defensive backs coach so you've got the defensive line coach you've lost the two other chief position coaches and the defensive coordinator you've lost 75 percent of the three top four top 
uh, defensive assistants under mm-hmm. Nick Sirianni. So, God bless them, they, they hired Sean Desai. Sean Desai has to establish a new defense and a new defensive coaching staff. It's, it's going to be a long road, and it doesn't need to be. I assume, whether through the franchise tag or you know, signing him to a contract, they're going to get C.J. Gardner-Johnson back. They're, they will have Reed Blankenship back, and unless they trade him, they're going to have Darius Slay back probably for two years because he's got, I think, a $26 million cap number, so they're probably going to have to extend him because the cap hit is too great. So three of your five or six most important defend, defensive backs will be back. The reason Doug Peterson couldn't get his team back, you know, past one playoff win was coaching staff continuity. Now, for him, it was on the offensive side of the ball where he lost John Filippo, the quarterback's coach, who was Carson Wentz's godfather, we found out, mm-hmm. and Frank Reich, who was Carson Wentz's babysitter. So <laughs> establishing, establishing continuity is really hard to do. And if you look at Andy Reid's staff, we make a big deal of nobody wanting to hire Eric Bieniemy as a head coach. Well, Eric Bieniemy was the offensive coordinator for the, you know, the four years where they went to three Super Bowls. That's continuity. That's great continuity. You know, Steve Spagnola was a defensive coordinator, and Andy Reid was a head coach. Those things aren't coincidental. So to answer your question, D, my, my level of concern, if I'm an Eagles fan, is pretty high mm-hmm. that you might have the same sort of learning curve, speed bumps, that Jonathan Gannon had his first year, yeah. and then the second year they improved the personnel, but the defense worked better. They made fewer mistakes. Marcus, let me, let me okay. ask you, just to circle back to the to, to the meeting and the departure of Denard Wilson, to your knowledge, how much say did, did Howie and or Jeffrey Lurie have in this, or did this strictly come down to Nick, you know, having the conflict and making this call? Well, I think we believe, I think, I think we know that Jeffrey Lurie, and this is a, a circular answer as well, but it, there's, a, there's a point to the end of it. Jeffrey Lurie was very involved, according to Jeffrey Lurie, in the drafting of Jalen Hurts and the expectation that Jalen Hurts would be a franchise quarterback at some point. Now, this is according to Jeffrey Lurie. Jeffrey Lurie told me this after they won the NFC Championship game. He said, I want this to be dispelled, this myth, that we didn't think Jalen Hurts was going to be an elite quarterback. And he's the only one who thought that. Because we have Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson on the record saying, you know, if that happens, great. Nick Sirianni, I don't know what his ceiling is. Jeffrey Lurie said, this was my perception. That said, it was probably Jeffrey Lurie's idea to go get Brian Johnson. Even though Brian Johnson was the quarterback's coach at Florida, where how he went to school, mm-hmm. Brian Johnson, from my perspective and from what I've heard, not from Jeffrey Lurie, Brian Johnson is Jeffrey Lurie's guy. He wanted, he wanted Brian Johnson in-house to help develop Jalen Hurts. He thought he was the best man for that job, and they went out and got him. That said, I don't think they interfere with any. I don't think they have interfered with any other of Nick Sirianni's coaching hires, promotions, demotions, firings, anything. I think they learned their lesson with Doug, and they aren't apples to apples. Nick Sirianni is much more in, and I, I don't mean to impugn Doug. He is good at what he's good at, but. Doug was not the most invested guy in getting his own staff together and or the most connected guy. That's just not who he was or who he is. So they took a lot of Doug's quote-unquote power, and Doug wanted it back. 
at one point, and he couldn't get it. But also, if Carson Wentz had said, don't fire Doug Peterson, I want him to coach me in 2021, mm-hmm. Doug Peterson wouldn't have gotten fired. You know, mm-hmm. Carson was the catalyst behind getting Doug Peterson fired. Mm-hmm. Wow. Jeffrey Lurie was not happy that Doug Peterson wanted more power. All that That's said, crazy. I don't think they had any influence one way or another with Denard Wilson being fired. And I do know they loved Denard Wilson. Hmm. So this was Nick Sirianni's call, and maybe to placate or, or make it easier in his mind for Sean Desai coming in, establishing a staff. Because honestly, you know, it's tough when you, you have an off, a defensive uh, coach who you've passed over as coordinator. That said, nobody fired Deuce Staley when they didn't hire him three times. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. what, what, what do you think was the, was the catalyst, you know, with, with, I mean, especially since you got players that were, you know, front and center saying they want this guy. I mean, it, it still doesn't make any sense to me on how one conversation or, you know, just over a weekend, this harsh decision was made from then. You know what I mean? Was there, I mean, what... What do you think was the general consensus of, of everything? Well, remember, Barrett, he interviewed for the position. So maybe the interview didn't go well. So uh, maybe it wasn't just this weekend, okay, Sean's in, we're not comfortable with you, you're out. Maybe it was like, I don't like what he said in the interview. I don't like what he, the, I don't like the vibe I got. Maybe, he, maybe Nick Sirianni said, hey, you know what? Your defensive backs gave up third and 30 in Dallas because mm-hmm. they were in the wrong position. Then two, two touchdowns in the Super Bowl on a similar plays that mirrored each other. Maybe, he, maybe Nick said, mm-hmm. you know what, you're not doing a good enough job coaching. Maybe, maybe we need an improvement there as well. And whatever benefit you bring is offset by, number one, your performance in these moments and or the interview that you gave me earlier and he's been his coach for two. He's been his boss for two years. Maybe he just doesn't like him. Maybe maybe he thinks he can do better. Maybe he thinks that this this guy won't fit with Sean Desai. Denard Wilson is a big personality. You can't be a defensive co- a defensive coordinator candidate without being a big personality. And more to the point, you know this, Barrett. The only divas bigger than wide receivers are defensive backs. Right. That's only happened since Dion, right? So you have to have a really strong personality. To deal with Darius Slay, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, uh, Avante Maddox, who's a wonderful guy, but you know he, he he wants to do what he wants to do as well. So maybe the personalities just didn't mesh or wouldn't mesh in Nick's mind. The column I wrote, I didn't mean to indicate that they shouldn't fire Denard Wilson. Period. The column I wrote because I don't know who they're going to hire to replace him. The column I wrote was, this is not a mutual parting of ways, number one. Number two, certain players might be upset by that. Number three, if things don't go well, and there's a real possibility, especially as, uh, as Derek said, with so many people leaving that defense, ostensibly Fletcher Cox. Javon Hargrave, though, they're probably cheaper to keep him. Um, and uh, Brandon Graham. Uh, T.J. Edwards, unless they pay him more than he's probably worth. Kaiser White. Unless, with that much stuff going on, things could get ugly independent of who's coaching. You can have Bill Belichick come in here or Jim Johnson rise from the grave and still have issues. Marcus, when you look at Howie Roseman's tenure in terms of 
restructuring and rebuilding in an offseason. Where do you rank this off offseason for him in terms of replacing so much personnel possibly and still trying to keep this machine moving in the right direction for next season? Well, honestly, I have a lot less concern that they will be uh, talent at, at a huge talent deficit. Right, right. Jordan Davis is a really good football player. I talked to uh, a lot of coaches at the Super Bowl, and when he hurt his ankle, they expected him to be like exploding in the next two weeks, getting more pressure on a quarterback, playing more than 25 30% of the snaps because he got in shape. Then he hurt his ankle and he had a setback, and they were expecting him to explode again right around Super Bowl time. So they drafted him with that first-round pick to replace Fletcher Cox, and they have every, every faith – every confidence that he can do that. Um, Josh Sweat had a spectacular season. You know, I know Hassan, Hassan Reddick, you know, had a, what, 17 sacks, something like that. Mm-hmm. But you can argue that they don't really play the same position. One's a defensive end, one's a linebacker, and he, Hassan's all over the place. Josh Sweat spent his life in the background. He looked like a, a young, energized Brandon Graham. So that said, I believe how he drafted – um, oh, I'm sorry. I can't remember the, the linebacker, the third-round linebacker from Georgia. N'Kobe Dean. Dean. N'Kobe yeah. Dean to play last year. I thought, I thought Howie drafted him in anticipation of T.J. Edwards losing his job sooner than later. T.J. had a spectacular year, and they were winning. You remember when N'Kobe Dean got in, he made like five plays in, in, yep. in 14 snaps. Yep. So I believe – and, and the, the trade for C.J. Gardner-Johnson – was not a one-year trade. It was a trade understanding they were going to have to pay him premier safety money if he was good as they thought he was. So all that said, they should have the firepower to replace the front line. The thing that was great about this team this past season is they had great depth. They could, they could not start. They, they could afford to not start Javon Hargrave some games. Think about that. That's how deep they were, you know. And Fletcher Cox had a really good year. Those guys are kind of luxuries, and they're going to be okay talent-wise. Depth-wise, that's the challenge. You know, do you, do you spend draft picks on young depth now? Is there going to be a market for defensive linemen and, defensive, uh, and, and linebackers that are going to come close to what you had this season? So that's part A of that answer. Part B of that answer is, your defense shouldn't have to be this good, assuming you think the defense was good. Because Jalen Hurts, Dallas Goddard, uh, A.J. Brown, who will be entering his fifth year, I think, uh, Devontae Smith, who will be entering his third season, uh, those guys should take a step forward. Those are five Pro Bowl offensive players, yep. and they should decrease the responsibility or the pressure on the defense which is what they did as younger players, one-year younger players this season. This defense really benefited from the offense being so efficient. Yeah, no mm. question. Marcus, listen, man, we know it was short notice. We appreciate you jumping on. And, again uh, – Appreciate like, you, bro. Yeah, you can follow Mike, Marcus on Twitter, at InkStainedWretch, and then Inquire.com for his latest and all of his work as well. Marcus, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Safe drive. Appreciate you, bro. Thank you, man. Safe travels. Thank you, Marcus. All right. Uh, That was great to get him on there, Derek. Good hustle. Um, And get the latest on that. I just, I guess, 
unless there's a major conflict and we weren't in the room. So I, I just want to be clear. You don't know what the heck happened ultimately. If, if you know, but I just worry, like to me, if I can minimize the turnover, I would like to try to do that. If I can right. keep some people in place and keep the continuity as much as possible on that side of the ball, I prefer to do it. Now they got to the point where Nick was like, dude, I can't have this guy on the staff. Then, then I get it. I understand. But I, I, it just feels like a lot of turnover here for that side of the ball and potentially losing a lot of players. That's a lot. It's a lot of hits to take for a new coordinator. That's when, not something you can – I mean, that's not something you can just, you know, sweep under the rug and be like, all right, we're not even going to talk about this. This this is major. The D coordinator, the, 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 the passing defense coach, the linebacker coach, all three gone. I don't know – what you can do to, to to put guys in place to an altogether new defense. That's going to be tough for these guys to pick up, man. Yeah. Very tough. Yeah. That's why I said it's going to probably take a month into the season before we really know what this defense is supposed to look like, because you can't really, you can't really as a coach figure out hitting the ground running. When you look at the structure of the way many camps, OTAs training camps go now, you have the the time you have with these people is so minuscule compared to the Andy Reid era when you can keep them out there three hours. That you really don't, and you don't play people now in the preseason. You really don't know what you have until you kick off a regular season, and then unless you're returning coach, you know your personnel. When you're the new guy coming in, it's a trial and error. I mean, you go back to when just last season, early in the season, Jonathan Gannon had a son Reddick moving around. And we debated time and time again, is it right. best to move him around to find that hole in the picket fence or put him on one side? Barrett said, put him on one side. I said, you got to move. I said, if you look at a lot of the top defenses in the league, they move Khalil Max around. They move their key personnel around. Your top pass rushers don't necessarily stay on one side. They get over the side where they think they have the best opportunity to succeed. It wasn't until Reddick, and this was like almost the midpoint of a season, really accelerated when they decided to leave him on that one side of the field over the right tackle. That's what, and a lot of teams do that with this new coordinator. Even though he's inheriting a good, good, decent, I say decent amount of returning players, you've got a learning period here, and it doesn't happen now because of the CBA until the regular season. So we're not going to really know until probably early October what this defense is supposed to look like or what we like or what we don't like about it. Yeah. Some good yeah. bones. There's some good bones on the defensive side of the ball. Some good bones. Yeah. 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 But you got to put it together, man. And, and it's a whole new defensive concept, a whole new terminology. Um, and that's that's tough when you're going from a different aspect. Mm. Yeah, that absolutely is. And I, you know, Marcus seemed to think that they will, uh, they'll franchise tag CJGJ. They, well, we're going to know soon. What, you know, what's, the de- what's the deadline? Four o'clock today? Tomorrow. Or tomorrow, four o'clock? Yeah, three or four. Yeah. So we'll know and hopefully, you know, next 24 hours if that's going to be the case. Yeah. It would be a little bit out of character for them to do that. They've done it, but they haven't done it. I think Deshaun Jackson was the last guy. So we're, we're talking about a little while ago uh, before they, they, they did that last. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see if that ends up happening that way. All right, let's come back. I'll give you some of those key dates, uh, by the way, uh, that you need to know for the NFL offseason when we come back. There's a couple other uh, you know, rumors that are floating around that we haven't gotten into from the NFL perspective. Uh, I'll give you an update on how Creed 3 did. 
Okay. You guys, uh-huh. we, we talked about it on Friday. <laughs> Some birthdays. I have a really good on this date, which you guys will get a kick out of too. So don't go anywhere. We've got all kinds of stuff in store for you. That's Derek. That's Barrett. I'm Rob. We are Sports Day. Right back. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Hi, everybody. My name's Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing, The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. Back with you, final segment of the program. That's Barrett, Derek, and Rob. We're Sports Take. Let's hit that like button, friends, if you could. We appreciate it. Um, hit the like, right. hit the like. Like it. All right. Uh, a couple things. So the, the dates I mentioned that, that are to keep our eye on, because we're up against a couple of them here. So franchise transition tag deadline ends tomorrow. Legal tampering starts the 13th through the 15th. So that starts on uh, it's what's a week from today, right? Today's the 6th. So a week from today, legal tampering. You got the two-day window, actually three days kind of. Uh, free agency then starts the 15th. 
And then the draft is the 27th through the 29th. So if there is going to be any further tags, and Josh Jacobs was tagged by the Raiders, by the way, um, if there's going to be any further tags, it would have to be done uh, within likely the next 24 hours. So if the Eagles are going to do something, time to do it. Um, that's for sure. But uh, a couple things, The uh, also in regards to that, I, I don't know if I mentioned this, but Peter King thinks that it's going to be tough for the NFL to get enough votes to outlaw the tush push. So it looks really? like that, that will survive uh, this next year, at least. Well, where it goes beyond that, uh, who knows, but at least it looks like a successful play for the Eagles will be back next year. So that's a good thing. <laughs> um, the guys who, da- one of the guys who really dazzled at the combine was the quarterback out of Florida, Anthony Richardson. Uh, he's mm-hmm. a six, four, two forty four, And he ran a four, four, three with a 40 and a half vertical. Sick. Sick. So he made himself some bucks. Uh, but Barrett, here's the question I have for you, because we talked about this before. Do we put too much stock into this? Into the combine? Yeah. Like, and I'm not saying Anthony Richardson had a bad career in Florida. He didn't. But, like, do we put too much stock, period, into, like, workout drills, essentially, over tape? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, Mumu's my guy, Mamula. Mamula was one of the first guys to start working out for explicitly the combine. Because like it or not, combine can get you paid. And that's exactly what happened to Mamula. Mamula jumped over Warren Sapp because his combine was just, you know, unbelievable. Defensive lineman going out there running as fast. I think he ran like a four or five or some vertical jump, like 38 or something like that. He blew the combine away, drills and everything, because he knew specifically what drills to do and how to do them. And he just practiced them and practiced them and practiced them until he became great at them. You can look at the tape and saw that he was going to be a good player, but his numbers said looked like he was going to be a great player. So a lot of people go out there and run incredibly fast, but can't catch. Run incredibly fast, but 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 you know aren't elusive. Strong as an ox, but can't move. Those numbers give you kind of what you're looking for, but. The eye in the sky doesn't lie. What you see on tape is usually how it goes when you get to the NFL mm-hmm. because you can kind of get an accurate analysis on who this guy really is. When, you know, look at time, you can go on the film, see times when he was getting stressed a little bit. You know, what did he do? I mean, those are things that um, – those are things in which, you know, you can look at on film and see exactly who a player is. Yeah, no, look, look fair. Uh, I'm just I'm checking a couple of things. So Orlando Brown will not be tagged by the Chiefs, so he will he will hit the market here. Uh, there was some talk that that he may be franchise tagged, so that is not going to be happening. So that was that was one to keep your eye on with some of the other tags that are happening here. The big news is uh, Derek Carr, four year deal for uh, 37 million, 100 of it guaranteed. Uh, at least with the uh, with the Saints, Calvin Ridley has been reinstated. Guys, um, he is now a Jacksonville Jaguar. That trade took place when he was uh, under suspension. Uh, the Cowboys have franchise tag Tony Pollard. The Rams are, are going to release uh, Leonard Floyd, so he will become available. The Vikings have cut Eric Kendricks. He is now available as well. So there's some some big market, you know, guys out there. To, to be had uh, that's for sure going back to Derek Carr for a moment you know the Saints organization has not used a first or second round pick on a quarterback since 1971 the last one was Archie Manning my god wow Think about that. since 71 
and you look at the quarterbacks that organization has gone through since 19, since the days of Archie Manning, you've had David Wilson, you've had Kenny Stabler, you've had Bobby Hebert, Jim Everett, Aaron Brooks, and then, of course, Drew Brees with his run, all the way up to Taysom Hill, Jamison Winston, and Andy Dalton. I, I find that unbelievable for a team that had the success it has. Well, when you had that franchise quarterback like Drew Brees, you don't need anything else. But mm. the fact that they have never used a first-round or second-round pick on a QB since Archie Manning in 71? That's hard to believe. <laughs> Real hard to believe. Damn. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals are releasing center Rodney Hudson and wide receiver Robbie Anderson. Uh, Hudson is going to save them $2 million. Uh, there, the indication there is he's going to retire. Um, Robbie Anderson saves him twelve million against the cap, so they're uh, mm. they're uh, some uh, comings and goings. We're going to get more and more of that because teams are starting to gear up because we're getting close to free agency mm-hmm. and they got to get under the cap and and, and all those kind of things. So uh, that one is going to be really interesting to me. And Daz brings it up: is Derrick Henry potentially being shopped by the Titans? Like he's making a lot of money. He's you know he's not getting any younger. He's still crazy effective. Like, how much are you really giving up there to get him? Bruh, it, you, I can't see a team trading for him because, number one, the amount of money you have to, you know, incorporate into your cap is is, is crazy, number one. But number two, it's a running back. How yeah. healthy is the running back going to be? Yeah. And does he fit your style of play that you have? Mm-hmm. He he plays in a very specific running style offense. He plays in a zone concept. One step cut, get to that second level. If you have an average offensive line, he's not going to be able to play for you because he's not a guy. He's not a guy that can make a guy miss if somebody whiffs and 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 change direction. He's mm-hmm. not that type of back. Yeah, you've got to get him to the second level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then look, there were stretches of really quiet games from him last year. Right. So I, you know, I would, I think we, you may be seeing a guy who's starting to be on the, uh, on the downside. All right. Before we get into the, to some of the other stuff I teased before we, we took a timeout. So John Morant, guys, is going to be out a minimum two games, but his coach Taylor Sheridan said it's probably going to be longer than that. There is, uh, there's a lot going on here, and the the latest was on his Instagram, seen you know with with a gun in in his possession at a nightclub uh, a few nights back. And then he put a statement out saying, I got to get some help uh, to deal with stress better, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I think the, the league and the, and the Grizzlies are kind of happy to have him just sort of you know, cool as jets a little bit, if you will, right now. Um, I, you know, this is a, this is a tough one. You got to be, you got to make sure if you're them, you really hope this message gets across the jaw here and he wakes up because this is headed down a really bad path. Really yeah. bad. I, I don't understand it. You know what I'm saying? I, I really don't understand it. Bruh, you you you're not built like that, number one. Now now that he's got a little money, now he's built like that. I, yeah. I don't understand it, man. Like he, he never had to do that stuff growing up. You know what I'm saying? His yeah. you know, he had great parents, you know he what I'm did. saying? He did. You know, parents live, you know, you know, two family, uh two two parent household, you know. Uh, you know, very clean cut straight, and all of a sudden you get to the league, you want to be a gangster. I'm like, yo, I, I left all that to crib, man. I mean, mm-hmm. I grew up like that, mm-hmm. but I left that there. Yeah, I did that stuff. I get out of that that type of environment. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm not trying to. My mom, 
let me let me place let me go out some view. My mom be sitting right there, like, yo, hey, <laughs> yo, you 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 did what you had to do, get out of Kenlock. I'm not letting you go back to Kenlock. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it, it don't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. Why? Why? I why? don't know. Why? I, I, I all I can look. He's responsible for himself. I'm not trying to say he isn't, but he he's got to figure it out with the with the company he's keeping here, because it's going to drag you down like it's drugged down many a person. Everybody handles pressure differently in life, and this dude all of a sudden has risen to the status of one of the premier stars in in all the NBA. Um, maybe he can't handle that pressure. Yeah. You know, the money, the fame. You know, when he's on national TV now, everybody's honed in on John Moran. Everybody's talking about his ability to get up above the Raptors and do all these incredible things. There's some players that that thrive in those situations. You know, the Michael Jordans live for the pressure pack moments. You want to throw more accolades on me, the commercials, the endorsements, everybody following you like the Piper, Piper and Michael Jordan thriving that. Some people don't, as talented as they are, they want to shy away from the limelight. Well, you put yourself in a situation where you're receiving more attention than not. But to be dumb enough to be brandishing a gun on an Instagram video at a nightclub, you got to be smarter than that. When we've seen all the things that have blown up with athletes on social media nowadays and how teams have come down on them because they were pressured into it by outsized noise. Now you have forced the Memphis Grizzlies organization to make a definitive statement to say that this is not right, we don't condone this, even if you don't want to. The public pressure is great nowadays because of the advent of social media. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. So let's hope he, he figures this out because he needs to. Uh, it's, it, it's, it ain't going to end well. His, his parents better. Yeah. His parents and his real friends and family better get in his ear and, and, right, and right, try to talk right, some sense right. into him. Not just yes men that he's surrounded with. Um. All right. So uh, a couple other odds and ends I wanted to hit for you guys. So we talked about uh, Creed premiering, right? So Creed uh, box office domestically fifty eight point seven million Woo! over the weekend. Globally one hundred point four. It is the best ever open for any Rocky franchise movie, even though it isn't kind of technically Rocky. It, it killed it. It destroyed it this weekend. Did you go see it? No, but you know I pointed out. Oh, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. <laughs> I know you want to get here. I, now I'm itching. Now I'm getting itchy. Now I'm getting itchy. I think it's going to have to happen. Yes. I think it's happening. Yeah. I won't see it until it's on demand. I won't go see it. I want to see it. But I told you the next movie I go to will be um, John Wick 4 in March, late March. I just went to a movie last Tuesday night with my wife called Jesus. Um, what is it? Um, oh, my goodness. What was the movie? It just came out and it's blowing up across the country. Hold on. Oh, the Jesus Revolution. Okay. Um, and it's based on the Chuck Smith story about how all of a sudden Christianity blew up in the early 70s by this movement, people coming from out of the woodwork. Um, and everybody's been talking about this movie. Awesome movie. Uh, Kelsey Grammer is the lead of all people. Hmm. Kelsey Grammer is the lead in this movie. And the movie's phenomenal. You know? um, but outside of that, I can't remember the last time I was in a movie theater. And then I know the next time I'll be in a movie theater, like I said, I won't go the first day to see John Wick 4. Yeah. Yeah. Let it cool. I'll wait a few days. Yeah. And then I'll I go see it. I hear why, why? Why? Was it packed or something? What? The movie. John Wick 4 or the, the one I saw? The one you saw. Um, I, my wife and I, when she she asked me to go to a 9 p.m. showing, I was surprised at the number of people in the theater at that time. 
you know, you especially during the week on a Tuesday. Oh yeah. And what was you the know, movie called again? Jesus Revolution with Kelsey Grammer. Hmm, let me check it out. Yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. Check check it out. All right, listen to this uh, on this date. You guys will appreciate this one. So we're taking it back to 1983 on this date. The very first cell phone came out. Not the car phone. Remember people back in the day had a car phone, but it looked like yes. it was the connected. Oh, I had one. Right. Yeah. Not I that. Ford one. There, this was a form of a cell phone that came out in 83. Flip phone? Uh, no. ready, ready for this? No, no. It cost almost $4,000. It was $3,995. Oh, no, I ain't pay that. I ain't pay that. <laughs> tell you that what? No. And it looks like it's it's huge. It's huge. It almost looks <laughs> yeah. like the cordless phones we used to have when you had landlines. It kind of right, looks like right. that, except it's way bigger than that. Way bigger. Um, but, yeah, it was. Like on the, the military the brick. movies? Yeah it, yeah, it looks like that. It looks like you pull this thing, pull up the, the you know, and whatever. But that's what, it, it, 83, so what, 40 years ago? 40 years ago was, was the first one. talk on that joker. You talk on that joker. As soon as you connect, that's $15. Oh, oh, they'll, yeah, they'll charge you $789. We, the one I had, you plug into your cigarette lighter. Right. And it was a big phone, big big square phone. And my wife and I were always say, put that phone down. Yeah, I was like, why do we have this thing? You know, it was nice to have. But, hey, man, when you talk about they were, seven, $8 a minute? Oh, yeah. no. No, no, thank you. No, yeah, man. No. Bro, I remember I first got in the league, man. I had a phone, and it was it was free after nine o'clock, and and free on the weekends. So you wasn't getting a phone call from B. Brooks <laughs> until after nine o'clock, bro. I got my bill. First time I got my bill back. This is just for one month, All right? And not even thirty one days, but thirty days in one month. My bill was three thousand dollars, <laughs> bro. I was cussing everybody. Oh. Don't call my phone. If it's before nine o'clock, oh my if you God. call my phone at eight fifty nine, I'm still not answering. You know what I'm saying? Wow. It was crazy, mm-hmm. ridiculous. Yeah, man. Just call people on the West Coast after nine p.m. They'll they'll, they'll be good to go. <laughs> oh my God, man. Oh, all right. Um, let's jump into some uh, some birthdays here, and then we'll we'll get some movies, and we got a couple other things before we get out of here. So, oh, hold on, Rob. Yeah, that didn't look like it was a good movie, Derek. Why not? It just doesn't look like a good movie. movie oh, I of course see. not, because it's religion. You you know you know you kind of get nervous. That's nothing to do with In fact, I, I don't start this, sweating. This Mama don't look Greg like it's religion up. either. Just like you know, I see a bunch of people with a ride in a van. It actually looks like based. This. It's based on the early seventies, based on the life of a, a well-renowned um, evangelist named Chuck Smith, mm-hmm. um, and it's based on his church in California. The whole scene is set up like the early seventies, so you see, like the, like the free, it look like the free love stuff, yes, right? There. Yeah, yeah. That's yes, that's where it started on California, and it started with Chuck Smith had this small little church with older people in the church, and all of a sudden, this group of hippies come into the church, and he's he's. I'm not gonna tell you the whole movie, but if you see the storyline, you'll understand it. So, uh, I don't, good. I didn't expect you to go see it because I, I know you. Can. You got too many sins. Oh, jeez. <laughs> keep it on. Keep, keep, keep. <laughs> I asked for it. I asked for it. Barrett walks in and starts sweating immediately. His, his hair starts growing all of a sudden. <laughs> oh, my I God. I asked for it. Keep it going. There we go. Oh, there we go. There it is. Um, <laughs> all right. Birthdays. Uh, Shaq. Shaq is 51 today. Shaquille O'Neal, uh, who has become quite the entrepreneur, man. He does yeah, he he's every old. commercial. Every commercial. Yeah. 
Tyler, the creator, is 32 years old. He's a real good rapper. Uh, Michelangelo, born on this day, 1475. Yep. Yep. Uh, Connie Britton, who was in uh, Friday Night Lights, among a lot of other stuff. Really good actress. 56 Mm -hmm. today. Lou Costello from Abbott and Costello, born on this day. Abbott! Born in 1906. From Patterson, Uh, New Jersey. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. Yep. Uh, speaking of born in New Jersey, Stedman Graham, who has been Oprah's uh, beau for a long time, is 62 today. He's Hold on, man. He lives the life, man. He's like a backup quarterback, bro. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Smart. How are you dating Oprah since 1986? Because he's brilliant. <laughs> and don't put a ring on the finger, and he's still there today. My man, yes. That's why he made the list today. Uh, Ralph said he's hey, Barry, brilliant. What's, <laughs> Barry, Barry, what's that old statement? You gotta keep your pimp hands strong. Exactly. <laughs> hey, he, he, hey, man. Stay pimp style. Uh, Stedman knows exactly what he's doing. Okay. Let me tell you. It, it, you look at his bio, it says best selling author. Did Oprah have something to do with that? Successful <laughs> businessman. Did Oprah have something to do well, with that? Very successful. Yes. Oh, yeah. man, dude, man, you're talking about that's the book he should write on mm-hmm. how to date a, a, a billionaire and not have to cross that threshold. Of right, 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 yep. right. Yeah, so oh, he's man. uh, he's 62. Uh, <laughs> David Gilmore of Pink Floyd is 77 today. Okay, okay. Uh, Ed McMahon, Johnny Carson's sidekick, was born on yep. this day, 1923. Yep, Rob Reiner, uh, great director, and of course, uh, you know, all the family fame, 76 today. Martin Cove, do you guys know who Martin Cove is? Mm, no, Cobra Kai. He was the leader of Cobra Kai. There you go. Oh yeah, there you Cobra go. Seventy-seven. He was sensei. Yes, sensei. Sweep the leg. Sweep the leg. <laughs> He's seventy-seven today. Great singer Mary Wilson is seventy-nine today. Uh, D.L. Hughley, the uh, the comedian and activist, yep. is fifty-nine today. Tom Arnold is sixty-four today. Uh, Cooper Manning, the oldest of the Manning boys, is forty-nine. It's the Along father. The Arch, yeah, he's funny, man. He is funny on the. He is hilarious. That southern accent, he is hilarious. Um, that's all I got. Birthdays. You guys have anything? I'll dip into movies if not. Uh, yeah, Anna Marie, uh, Horsford. Oh yeah, uh, she from uh from Amen. Um, she is funny. Friday after next, you know, that's a bang bang bang's wife. uh, Yeah, she's she's good, man. She's been a lot lot of stuff. Uh, she's seventy five. Bubba Sparks, rapper from uh. Tennessee, mm-hmm. he's 46 today. Hometown, Benny Siegel, ah, 49 today. Yep. Um, a good friend of mine's son, he grew, I grew up with me in St. Louis, my uncle's best friend. His son is like an Olympic uh, track star. His name is Christian Coleman, 27. Look out for him. You know, okay. University of Te- uh, Tennessee, real big time. You know, he, uh, he ran the he been the fastest hundred the last two years. Oh. Um, then Mike Munchak, former uh, yeah. head coach of Titans, real good mm-hmm. offensive lineman. Former Oiler, yeah, long yep. time. Yeah, sixty three today. Uh, Mark Marcus Smart, yep, twenty seven. Mm-hmm. And then um, another Villanova guy. We just talked about him, Josh Hart. Yeah, twenty eight years old. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. Had a good game last night for the uh, for the Knicks. That was a good trade for them. Uh, all right, Gunner, you got any or, or I'll dip Oh, in yeah, we got we got Maura Kelly, who's from the West Wing, is 55. Okay. Alan, Alan Greenspan, the economist, yep. and he was the 13th chairman of the Federal Reserve. Okay. Uh, 97. Damn. Uh, Jake Arietta, the pitcher, 37. 
Former Philly. Yep. Remember this one, Rob? I know you know your history. Like, I love my history. Cyrano de Bergerac. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Does that name ring a bell? Yes. He was, he was born on this day in 1619. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the great poet and author uh, Elizabeth Barrett Browning. Yeah. Was born on this day in 1806. All right. Uh, journalist John Stossel. Yeah. In 2020 for a long time. Yep. Yep. He's 75 today. Susan Grove. She was uh, one of the kids in the Partridge family. Okay. She, she's 52. Uh, let's see. Eric Sleepy Floyd. Remember him? 13th Georgetown. overall pick of the Georgetown. Nets. Yeah. He's, yep. you believe he's 63 today? Sleepy Floyd is that old. 63. Geez. Wow. We got Michael Finley. He was a first round pick mm-hmm. back in the day. He's uh, 50 today. Wisconsin. Wisconsin uh, yep. yep. Went to Wisconsin. He's from Illinois. Went to Wisconsin. Yep. Uh, Dick Fosbury. You remember that name, Rob? Fosbury Flop. Yep. Uh, he's the one who was a track specialist, uh, invented the Fosbury's flop. The technique you see now where they turn back and go over, it was his. Everybody before was just jumping right over it. He did the flop. Yeah. The great Willie Stargell was born on this day. Love it. Cookie Rojas. Mm -hmm. He played with the Phillies for a while. Yeah, he did. He's 84 today. Oh, my God. Uh, Milton Williams of the Eagles, 24. There you go. And remember Bob Bob Trumpy, former tight end. uh, He's a good announcer, too. Yeah. Yeah. 78 years old today. Yeah, he was good, man. Yep. He, he was really good. I liked him, Bob Trumpy. <laughs> I'm Gigi Medlin. I don't know none of these people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the history, man. You got to know your history. Uh, that's funny. Come on, man. You got to get out of social media. Get into history, man. There's a lot <laughs> of great history funny. out there. That is funny. Um, all right, movies. Now, there's a few. I mean, not, not a ton, but not bad. Uh, Lethal Weapon came out on this day, 1987. The original. Oh, yeah. I think they managed to make it four of them. Somewhere around there. Uh, yep. Um, uh, the, the big Lebowski yep. with, uh, with Jeff Bridges, John Goodman, 1998 that came out. Uh, the Watchmen was 2009. Yep. Uh, uh, the way back with Ben Affleck, which it was, it was a decent movie. It, it kind of okay. got lost in the yeah. shuffle. Yeah. It was all right. It was, it was 2020. That's all I got. Yeah. Uh, triple frontier, which is a good movie. Uh, like a military style movie that came out in 2019, and Spencer Confidential with Mark Wahlberg came out in uh, 2020 as well. Oh, on the based off of the TV show. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, That's it. Barrett, you got anything? Nope. Okay. Barrett, uh, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> there were, like I said, there weren't a lot of movies, so it's just it is what it is. Uh, so it became official that the Jags put the tag on Evan Ingram. You know, no real surprise there. Yeah, you know, like I said, everybody's got to kind of got it in, get it in here between today and tomorrow because that's when that expires. Um, you know, and, and we've we've had a lot of movement today. If you're just jumping on with us, Derek Carr is now a saint. Uh, and there's a lot of players that are that are have hit the uh, the free agent market who have been cut by their teams by just simply being cash cat or cap casualties. Um, Calvin Ridley's been resign uh, reinstated. Uh, Tony Pollard was franchised by the Cowboys. Leonard Floyd cut. Eric Kendricks cut. Um, I'm trying to think if there was any other big news around the NFL. Dwayne Brown's coming back. The Jets left tackle. This will be his 17th season. Woo! So he, he's getting like Jason Peters, uh, you know, territory at this point. Oh, man. But he's but, still good, though. No, he can play. Yeah. yeah. No, he can play. He can play. There's no doubt. Um, so there's all that. All right. So tomorrow – we're going to have Alex Coffey, who covers the Phillies for the uh, for the Inquirer. So okay. today, Alec Bohm hit another one today. He's got three already in the spring. He looks really good. Um, and we still haven't heard anything, and I don't think this is good, guys, on Andrew Painter with the yeah, elbow. Yeah, man. It's looking like, you know, this is the preclude for 
you know, for, for Tommy Johns, bro. Yeah. No, it, don't say that. No, well, don't say that. It's been since Thursday. He, he pitched Wednesday. He came in Thursday and said the thing was hurting him. They were going to start running tests, and we're sitting here Monday, man. Like, uh, bro, that's the same. I mean, that's how they always start elbow soreness, elbow soreness, and all of a sudden, bam, oh, he needs Tommy John surgery. Come yeah, on, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not optimistic here, man. I, I hopefully we get good news, but when it, Keep the I would think, I would, yeah, I would think if it was nothing, we would have heard, but you never know that maybe they're just trying to do every single can thing they can to, uh, to find out what happens there. All right. So that's kind of where we're at uh, tomorrow. Like I said, we'll keep digging in this because there's going to be more people cut, you know, as we move forward here. And I think Eric Hendricks is an interesting name. I'm not saying necessarily for the Eagles, but I think he's a guy who could still play who people may be interested in. Absolutely. You know, Devin White is putting out these sort of uh, cryptic messages, you know, with his in Tampa, thanking the fans, which sounds like he's probably been told something, but we're going to get, like I said, a bunch more of those and we'll, we'll dig into all of them. I can see uh, some more one-year mercenaries coming to Philly. Great. Let's go. I think <laughs> right. I think, uh, <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Worked pretty well last year. White, so, come uh, play for us. Uh, yeah, no, no question. I uh, want to thank Xander uh, doing his thing as always. Xander, we appreciate everybody in the chat section. Great stuff today. We thank you. Everybody streaming, everybody listening. All right, don't go anywhere. You got Dan Cilio and the National Football Show coming up. So everybody – Have a great rest of your Monday, and we will see you guys tomorrow. For Barrett, Derek, I'm Rob. We are Sports Take. See you tomorrow. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask. 
including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.